This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that will mention Zivar. We will indeed. Now, let's be honest, uh, we always knew it was going to be a tough uh, game playing uh, a rampant Liverpool, European champions and title contenders, let us not forget. Uh, of course, it gets much, much tougher when VAR rules out an equalising goal from a battling Chelsea side and then gifts the Scousers a second with a, well, I wouldn't say it, the VAR was responsible. They had a pathetic non-free kick when Wijnaldum simply ran into Aspie. Yes, the non-marking of Firmino, who headed in from the resultant free kick, was poor and exemplified Chelsea's persistent problem defending at set pieces. But everything decision-wise was going the Scousers' way. Uh, many inexperienced and lesser teams may have crumbled, but not Frank Lampard's Chelsea, when our pocket dynamo and Golo Kante, sorry Jonathan Conte, scored an unbelievable he goal. He called Conte last night, by the way, yeah. on uh, Match of the Day. He Kante, did. they called him. Yeah. They, they obviously, obviously, you phoned them up. Anyway, Chelsea yeah. proceeded <laughs> to batter Liverpool, who were forced to hang on for the last 20 minutes like an old boxing champ clinging to the ropes. Chelsea's players had given everything, but on the day were not quite good enough, which in no small part led to the crowd serenading them off the pitch with a defiant Chelsea, 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 and we love you Chelsea, we do. Ultimately, this is all we ask. Give 100% for us and the shirt and we will have no complaints. On paper, three draws, three defeats and only two wins so far this season, none at home, does not make pretty reading. But I, for one... I'm enjoying the rebirth of Chelsea this season and believe that this side will get better and better and better. The Chelsea fancast number 473. Same old Scousers, always stealing. Um, And on that point, uh, not that they're either Scousers or they steal anything, I have the lovely Jonathan Kidd. A joy to be with you, Chidge. A joy in this. I I feel full of the joys of autumn. 
I, well, there uh, you go. Yeah, I mean, it was the weird thing was I, I popped over to see you after the match, didn't I? And I was I was fine, buzzing. We just were, lost. You were to... bubbling. You were bubbling. I know. I've since become more bubbling. I always I had to deal with the fact we lost. I always have to deal with that, regardless of how we've played. But then having having given it a good twenty four hours, I'm now uh, I'm now exultant. Yeah. What happened, yeah. Actually. Well, you know, I mean, it's bizarre, isn't it? But I felt great coming out, even though we'd lost. And I hate losing to the Scousers, but there you go. Now, uh, the the third of three uh, is, of course, the wonderful, the wonderful Mr. Gate Seventeen himself, Mr. Mark Worrell. Good evening, Chidge. Good evening, J.K. Good evening, Blue Heaven. <laughs> How are you, mate? You all right? <laughs> Yeah, all good. I'm Gloria in excelsis Deo. Uh, we see that would have been a good title for the show, Gloria in excelsis. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, it was Marco that tipped me the wink, actually, or it might have been Jonathan. Actually, I'm not quite sure. I can't remember whom because uh, I I didn't see this because I was preoccupied clearly, uh, and also I have to actually say that uh, yesterday marked the debut of my new very focal uh, spectacles, uh, which. Which did enable me to see uh, when I concert because it's quite hard because you've got to like look through the right bit of the lens. But when I did, uh, I saw things in in glorious Technicolor, uh, which I haven't done for a long time, and I was relatively sober, which also helped. But of course, if I looked the wrong way through my lenses, it all went very blurry, and I think that's what happened when uh, apparently I missed the fact, uh, Jonathan, that uh, that the Scousers nicked not one but two footballs when they went in, uh, out of play yeah. into the shed. No, I told you that. I told yeah. you that. I wasn't sure which one of you it was. That. I tweeted that, and um, uh, hang on, let me find the tweet because it's quite funny. <laughs> Though you say so yourself. No, no, it is quite funny, one of the replies on there. Oh, is it? Oh, good stuff, good stuff. Here we go, hold on. You got it. So I, I tweet, ball goes into shed where the Liverpool fans are and doesn't come back, dot, dot, dot. Who knew? Who knew, indeed. There in, you go. In the, in the replies, among the replies is one which reads, um, hold on. Because all Scousers steal, right? Question mark. Reporting you. Let's see how you like that. <laughs> God almighty. Victim bloody culture, aren't they? Oh, There God. was some, some pillock from uh, the Liverpool Echo banging on about, oh, 14 minutes before we hear the murderer's song, you know, and all this. I mean, Christ on a bike. I mean, the stuff that they sing, the vile stuff that they sing, not just to us, but uh, to particularly to United and anybody else who doesn't, suck the cock of the Liverpool cult. Um, it's just remarkable. Anyway, um, what a weird thing to do, Jonathan, stealing footballs. I mean, what's what's all that about? I, I'm perplexed. Well, I think it's an element of time-wasting, isn't it? Because they were quite happy for the score to remain what it was in the second half. Um, so uh, um, it looked smacked a little bit uh, of that to me. That was part of it. And also, also they're, they're, they're scallywags, aren't they? Scallies. They're all, you know, anyway, good fun we are. Cows don't really have hubcaps now, do they? They have alloys, which are a lot harder to steal. A lot harder. Are you not suggesting hard. that they drive around on their motor cars using footballs as wheels, Marco? Well, no, no, it's just something to steal. Isn't okay, it? fair enough. Well, there you go. I think this is this one will run and run, and we'll never get the answer. Uh, but there you go. Absolutely brilliant to have these two on the show tonight, and uh, Jonathan as ever. But I, I do love Marco on the show. It's always an absolute tip-top pleasure. Not only seeing him uh, pre-match, part of my uh, match day routine is popping over to the uh, 
to the CFC UK stall, as Marco would say, tarrying a while, but uh, also absolutely lovely to have him on the show. So I am really looking forward to tonight. And on the show tonight, we will be asking with Chelsea being cheered off after losing and, uh, you know, Auntie Mourinho saying this is a small club mentality. Is there honour in defeat? And, uh, and why are we showing top four form up front and relegation form at the back? And in part two, we discuss Conte and Tamori being amazing and VAR sucking the life out of the match-going experience. And we also ask, why no Pulisic? And is Frank Lampard proving to be an unlucky manager? Uh, Oh, no. Yes, yes. In part three, we have a quick look ahead to Wednesday night's Caribou Cup tie against Grimsby Town, the the team that put the Grim into the Grim up north. And uh, before we have a quick uh, round, actually some important parish notices tonight, more of which will be revealed later. And in part four, Gerger Loins people, we have got 11 emails, no less. Uh, 11 uh, emails. That is the the record, I think. Uh, Yeah, so God help me and JK. See if we can beat it next week. See if we can get 12 next week. I I think Marco will bugger off to the pub at that time. I wouldn't blame him. He's allowed, he's allowed. Yeah, he's allowed, he's allowed. But there you go. So uh, lots on the show tonight. Packed bumper edition as ever. Now, don't forget, you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7 o'clock of the PM by going to mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast. Incidentally, if you can't find that, it's easy. If you ever forget... Just go to ChelseaFanCast.com and, and look at the latest blog that I've put up, which highlights what's going on the show. And there's, there's a little embedded player in there. You can you can listen to it on there. So there you go. Probably read your favourite Chelsea FanCast writers like Dean Mears while you're doing it. Um, anyway, if you do join Mixler, as many, many do, uh, you can chat in the very dynamic chat room, as so many of them do. Uh, which is absolutely brilliant, and uh, you know, post on the old live chat page. As I said, you can also tweet at Chelsea Fancast and tell us what you think about the games, anything else, and uh, just generally join in. Uh, and actually, talking of Mixler, and it's lovely to see so many of you in here. Aussie sign my broken leg, Rob Coombe, Nobby Steelers. And what I love about Mixler, J.K., is the brilliance of the names in here. Uh, Butch Mondo, Sean B, Bonnie Rig, Bonnie Rig Blues, our old mate. Lovely to hear from Bonnie Rig Blues, Kurt, Gregory Gardner, Ashley Bry- Brain, in fact, not Brian, MHLP, Andrew Self, Benji Toe, Bert Stoltz, Andy Rue, Isa Alamay score, the lovely Claire McConnell, uh, Angel Blue 77, Sills Bid, Panky CFC, oh, I could go on and on, Andy Willis. Dean Mears, M. Brooks, Bill Foster, Matthew. There's so many of you in there. Uh, I would be here all night uh, reading you all out. Uh, and uh, as you've already figured out, it's going to be a long, old show tonight. So after this very, very short break, we'll get going. Chelsea fans, footballfancast.com. Real fans, real opinions. Right. Uh, yes, uh, this little section I've entitled We Love You, Chelsea, We Do. I mean, I, I was, I mean, Marco, I saw Jonathan straight after the match. We recorded uh, one of Jonathan's brilliant little videos, actually. We finally managed to get it right because we were, we were sat in the right place and we had a lovely picture yeah. of uh, 
Would you believe, Marco, Ozzy and Bobby Moore uh, playing? Oh, really? Yeah, lovely. There's some lovely old pictures in in, in where Jonathan, uh, you know, dines before the match. Oh, um, Pie, was it Jonathan? Venison pie, JK? Yes, I had one of those at half time, but uh, later on, when the riffraff arrive, uh, we don't allow them that. So Chidge had a cappuccino. I did. I did. Has Marco ever been to uh, JK Marco Towers? Marco very well I'm be invited. Marco, Marco is on the list. I, I don't want it to go to his head. But yes, <laughs> he, he will be. Me, I will be sending him an invitation. It's a question of how he he, he manages to uh, to deal with his uh, his stall. I'm afraid I don't of quite course. know how because he, he he has to spend some time in the uh, does in the room beforehand to savor the I delights. The <laughs> we have to make give him a day off, mate. I think that's what we should do. We should give him a day off. I, I maybe I'll fill in on, on the stall for Marco. And uh, and he can go and have a. You'll love it, mate. It's quite. I mean, the seats there are just the bollocks. He's right at the front, in the middle of the east middle. Uh, I mean, actually, you could probably just hop over from where you sit, mate. It'd be fine. But there you go. Uh, anyway, I've distracted myself royally. And we've only just started, which is typical. But uh, I did bounce up to J.K. afterwards to do this little video, and and I was just absolutely buzzing from the fact that, uh, as I said, you know, everybody who's been listening to this show for a long time, and yes, I will say it, people who are yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest, know that I've, I hold no love for Liverpool Football Club and particularly their supporters. So for me, you know, uh, th- this match and beating them or not losing to them is right up there with Spurs and Man U, I think, in my book, uh, Arsenal, a distant third or fourth. But uh, you know, this one counts and it hurts and I hate losing to them. And yet I left that stadium buzzing because I haven't seen this for a while after a loss at Chelsea. But the wondrously, and I mean, this is the thing, this is what defines this chant of Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea. It has and always shall be sung in either defiance or celebration. And it is unique to us. And I don't care what all the opposition fans say about it, but we've only got one word in it, isn't it? You're so, so thick at Chelsea. You know, we can do say the same fucking word. It's a very good character, Chidge. I yeah. like that. Anyway, but it is. It's defiant, and I love it. And then rounded off with a we love you, Chelsea, we do, which is kind of heartfelt and emotional. It was just wonderful. Um, and then when I kind of got back home, uh, you know, having to drive back, it was ages, I, I was suddenly made aware of the... Uh, the quote that uh, uh, Josephine made about us. I'm not going to repeat the quote, but uh, we've all, we all know it. But, I mean, basically, the tenant of it was that, um, you know, Franks was, was very positive in the post-match presser after the defeat, concentrating on the positives, although I've, I saw the presser and he also concentrated on the negatives too, um, but kind of mitigating a loss by saying how passionate the players were and all the effort they did running around was a small club mentality. And uh, it kind of irked me a bit. Uh, you know, small club mentality is is taking two massive clubs to the, near the relegation zone. But there you go. I'm not bitchy or bitter. Um, but it did kind of make me pose the question, uh, JK, I'll ask you first. Is there honour in defeat? Uh, I think there is honour in defeat. Um, but I, th- I think he has a point, um, Jose, because it's almost the honour that you get from a championship team almost winning a cup tie against uh, a premiership team and I think that was the point he was making I I, I think he's been slightly misquoted I think he was still saying Chelsea were a big club but um, uh, they were just uh, that it was slightly a a small club attitude to have it but to to have the the reaction that we had to it but uh, but, um, and also the other problem with it is it 
it is the slight of reaction, the slight kind of reaction that we used to have when we were, you know, at the bottom of the league playing against a top four side and we played very well. And uh, but the 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 positive behind it is the is the fact that we're it showed to me how completely behind Frank uh, the club, the, the supporters really are, which was immensely uplifting. And it was uh, uh, to, I sort of basked in the joy of hearing those those um, chants at the very end, because it's been so rare. I mean, it's been rare. I, th- I think it, and I think it's a reaction. I think also what the what the supporters were saying was, we really hated last year, and this is the kind of thing we're after. And I think it. I think Frank has actually really contributed to this by being so eloquent. He really is a terrific communicator, and it actually made me think. Well, if we can get really good in the same way that Klopp's got really good, because Klopp's a very good communicator, you don't. You don't dislike the team as much if you dislike the manager. Um, you you or, can or like what, the manager. You mean? Uh, yeah, sorry. If, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm getting my my my. Get your thirds muddled up. My verbs wrong, but yeah, you exactly exactly what I meant was that you you can see people actually. People used to be fond of Chelsea initially when, when uh, as a team they didn't they didn't dislike them they didn't hate them only because they never think, won. No, indeed, I was about to say partly because they never <laughs> sorry, won. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, but you're right, you're right. But when, when they began to win and because Mourinho was was very big-headed, it didn't help. But if you have a situation where the manager is very approachable and clearly very honest, then the club becomes much more liked by the whole of the country. And uh, does, does that matter? Um, well, it with Mourinho, we, it, 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 it matters from a, a sense of, if you say... I'm a Chelsea fan and somebody says, oh, well, never mind then. Um, it, it, you sort of get used to that. But I suppose it doesn't matter from the fans uh, just wanting to be liked, I suppose, by the rest of the country rather than being dismissed. And it can work in your favour not being liked, can't it? But Because um, it creates that kind of siege mentality. But I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I like the team being liked. I like Frank being liked. Um, I like the effort being liked. But... What needs to happen is we then need to string together uh, against the, the, the teams that we're playing over the next few weeks in the Premier League, none of whom is top six. We need to beat them all. And then not only will we be like, we'll start to be feared again. Mm. I mean, uh, Marco, I, I see I see you, Jose, and I raise you uh, the Emirates. I forget the year, um, but when he was going around with the old chin up, mate, you know, defiance in defeat, honourable defeat. No shame in in losing because we were robbed a bit, so it's a bit hypocritical, isn't it? Yeah, jo- Jose's just being Jose, isn't he? You know, I mean, it's interesting the point that JK makes there about you know the club being liked. I think every every club that um, Mourinho's managed at, he's very swiftly t- turned um, turned them into the the most hated club in yeah. whichever country he's operating in. Um, bar none, you know, it didn't take him long. When he came back and uh, he came back to Chelsea the second time and what did he called himself the normal one or something, didn't he? Or the, the relaxed one. Um, and, you know, within six months, it, it was, uh, he'd reverted to type. I mean, I, you know, to be honest with you, I, I don't care. You know, when, when, um, when he was really in his pomp the first time around, 
at Chelsea and it really stuck like a bone in the throat of um, you know Tottenham and Arsenal Arsenal in particular because they kind of slipped away didn't they from um, being the top top boys in London um, you know I, I kind of like I, I like the fact that people don't like Chelsea because we would beat beat sides and we would win ugly um, you know there's no shame in winning and if people don't like you because you win then then, then great you know I mean the whole thing about well Chelsea are alright you know they're nice manager and they're not a threat really are they uh, you I know, hate that, that yeah I don't like that that, that, that kind of you know, you know sort of um, I don't know I'm just trying to think of an analogy well, I, I mean, don't know Marco, Marco there was that time I mean you and I were a bit young Jonathan was around then but you know, there was that time in the late 60s, early 70s, that Kings of the Kings roadside when we were, you know, everybody's fa- second favourite team because we played flashy yeah. football and we were a lot of fun and, you know, we were a bit, you know, uh, what's the word? Contrary, I suppose. Um, I mean, I, this is perhaps not a very politically correct thing to say, but I kind of like the fact that when we were quite shit, when we had those spells in the second division, um, you know, we, 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 we had a terrible reputation for hooliganism, which is, I know, not something to be particularly proud of, but it meant that everybody still hated us. And I kind of like, I liked that. I don't, I don't have this need to be liked. I really don't, you know. I mean, as you said, Marco, so, so articulately then, um, you know, if people are saying, oh, you know, poor old Chelsea, dear old Chelsea, it's patronising and I don't like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it would ever come to that because I think, Basically, people still hate us, don't they? Really? Yeah, yeah, we're still hated. <laughs> we're, we're we're safe in the knowledge that we're still hated. Good. Um, <laughs> they kind of um, it's quite interesting on social media, isn't it? There's kind of there's a huge swathe of our fan base out there really struggling to to grasp the the the, the possibility that um, like Liverpool haven't won the league for thirty years. So. You know that could quite easily happen to Chelsea now, and um, you know there, there are people throwing their toys out of their pram because we haven't won a home league game yet. In you know in in in, in, in at the start of the season, you know Lord knows how these people cope if we went on a a barren run, um, anything approaching you know what Liverpool have done in terms of winning the league. Well, it's 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 this whole. You know, uh, the the Godfathers uh, wrote a brilliant song about it. Uh, what was it, Marco? Instant coffee, instant yeah. sex. Yeah, I want it now. I want it all. Uh, and you can't have it all, and you can't have it now. Sometimes you have to be patient. Uh, I did a rant about what I thought about people who think like that last week. I'm not going to revisit it. I'll, I'll save it for a blog. Yes. Um, talking about the game, actually, um, and, and why it was perhaps honourable, and it was an honourable defeat in many respects. I don't think there was anything to be ashamed of. I mean, I, I was very... I mean, you know, I, I can never, ever, ever bring myself to predict that Chelsea will lose, which call me stupid, but I, I, I just can't. So on, on Love Sport on Friday, I said we would draw two all. I wasn't bloody far wrong. Um, but, I mean, I didn't really go into this game with any kind of expectancy that uh, that we would win, and, and I did worry that we might get a bit of a cuffing, actually. And let's face it, at 2-0... Uh, with everything going their way, dodgy VAR, ridiculous uh, decision for the second goal for the free kick. Uh, I did fear a, a bit of a, a bit of a knobbing, really. Um, but the reality is, you know, when when Angolo scored, um, we were we battered them, and they, Liverpool were hanging on. Uh, they really, really were. You know, bringing on Milner for Firmino and and kicking the ball long anywhere. I mean, they held, they were holding on. 
And I tell you what I noticed, JK. Sorry, go on, Mark. You were going to say something. No, no, no. I was just going to say, you know, the, the, this whole thing. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of like when Chelsea went on that um, winning streak when when um, when we won the title with Conte um, in in his first season. You know, I've, I've watched I've watched the I think three or four Liverpool games this season, and you know, I mean, uh, you know, Newcastle had a, had a had a good go at them. Before you know, they, they were kind of overwhelmed. They're, they're not. They're, they are there to um, be, be, you know, be beaten. And, and I think, unfortunately, you know, yesterday, and I guess we're going to come on to the sort of the the ebb, the ebb and flow of the game. But you know, where technology determines the outcome of the game, and I just viewed it as karma because I, I was pissing my sides laughing. Yeah. Yeah. Spurs on um, Saturday, yeah. knowing that it would potentially come back to haunt me. <laughs> well, I do. Th- I don't. We'll get onto this later as well. But I do think that Klopp is an incredibly lucky manager, and Liverpool for the last couple of seasons have been a very lucky team. But going back to my original point, um, and I think another. I mean, I, I shall put this in a bit of context. I was very lucky enough to talk to quite a few ex-players yesterday, as I said on Jonathan's video. Um, who played in the 70s and the 80s when we were not so good. And they have still got this amazing rapport with the supporters. They were all saying, we think that Chelsea's supporters are the best you know, in the land. And a lot of these guys have played at other clubs as well, so they were able to compare. And frankly, they were saying that you know it was quite simple at Chelsea. You know, If you put in 100%, if you gave everything, even if you weren't very good and you got you know walloped, the supporters would still be behind you. you know, they would forgive you for not being very good if you put everything in it. And I and Jonathan, I was particularly uh, impressed, actually, weirdly. But the, at the end of that match, there were Chelsea players on their knees uh, through exhaustion and, and through emotional exhaustion, and they'd put everything into that. And you cannot ask for anything more than that, I don't think. I know, I, I agree completely. If it was, And I think in those years where we didn't win anything, that was what you t- tended to measure the team by. Mm. And if somebody wasn't, pulling their finger out you told them so and yep. uh, you know you get um i mean johnny bumpstead's an example never stopped never, never stopped never. running and and you loved him for yep. it yeah you really did and mickey thomas one of my favorite players every lost cause is being chased and uh, and i felt there was a similar i think frank's got them doing that actually yeah. i think they have to play this way because he wants them to play at such a high tempo but um uh i i I prophesy that um, Liverpool will start losing because I think mm-hmm. they're going to they're going to be found out. Well, not Christian have found out. I think it's it's a bit flimsy. If you have a uh, go at them, they're vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think who is it? PSG had a go at them and found yeah. them out. Yeah. Well, so, Napoli, uh, Napoli, wouldn't it? No, sorry, Nap- Sorry, Napoli. Yeah, PSG beat. Um, who did they beat during the week? I can't remember. In Madrid. Yeah, that's right. We beat Real. Yeah, for whom Eden? Eden. Eden was substituted at the weekend, wasn't he? In the uh, at half time or something. Oh dear, it's not working well. I hope it doesn't work well, and we get him back in the um, uh, next season. Well, there uh, we I've, go. I've, I've, I've written a song about Eden Hazard, which okay. I've just okay. okay just so it, it'll be a bit kind of um, inappropriate, like the flag yesterday. Yeah, completely. That's exactly what I was about to say, Chidge. You've completely stolen my. This son. is the trouble, Jonathan. You and I have been doing these shows so fucking long <laughs> that we know exactly what the other's going to say without realizing that we know exactly what the other one's going to say. Oh God! Yeah, the reason for the Eden Hazard flag, everybody, was apparently the club got the wrong one out, and uh, 
and um, constantly uh, several people who uh, were involved in it were slightly apoplectic. Mm. And um, to do the uh, to do the Scousers' uh, credit, they did shout out, "Who the fucking hell? What the fucking hell is that?" Yeah. Which was fair enough because we were all thinking the same. What is going on? Well, I mean, I I got that from the horse's mouth, as you know, because I saw for the first time in ages the lovely Darren Dazzamental, who uh, well, I used to the lift home last night. Did you? Yeah. No way. Yeah, no, no, I gave him a lift home. So lovely. we had a old matter. Yeah, he's on good form, isn't he? It was lovely to see him. He, he popped over to see me in Gate 17 for the entire match, which was brilliant. I had a, had a pint with him at half time. But he, you know, Darren's still involved with getting the flags out of the, uh, the, the Matthew Harding end. And what people might not know is that the club provide both We Are the Shed and, and DJ and all the other flag handlers. Um, I nearly said flag shaggers, but that was something on Twitter, wasn't it, last week? I don't think I called DJ a flag shagger. I was going to say that as well, actually. Well, there you go. See, we need to like maybe have a break from each other, Jonathan. It's getting very weird. But uh, basically, the club provide a, a very small kind of lock-up uh, at the ground and a couple of bins where all the flags are stored. And apparently, um, they, they, it was supposed to be a Frank Lampard flag. And they had put the wrong one in there. So uh, no blame should be attached to DJ or the wonderful Matthew Harding flag bearers, for want of a better word, who do a fantastic job. And it's hard work, takes a lot of organisation. And, uh, you know, as I said, you know, they're there well before to sort it all out. So don't give them a hard time. Shit happens sometimes. Um, anyway, let's have a quick talk about a couple of the other big issues in the game. I mean, you know, I just said that, that Chelsea uh, battered Liverpool for 20 minutes, which I honestly believe they did. Um, I'm not saying that Liverpool, you know, were, were completely impotent because in the beginning of the second half, they certainly could have scored two or three. I mean, that fantastic save by Kepper from Firmino uh, springs well, to mind. Brilliant, wasn't it? Brilliant. Yeah. But it shouldn't really be got to that because I think the other thing is, is that Chelsea were creating chances, but their problem seems to be, I mean, this is not the first time we've ever said this, but the problem seems to be not finishing them. I mean, Tammy was clean through and really should have scored, I think, uh, on 24 minutes, which would have made it 1-1. Um, and there was also, I mean, in the last 10 minutes, Alonso, uh, you know, header went close. Batshuayi's header, very, very close. Mount couldn't quite Mount. get it right and walloped it over the bar. So, you know, we are, I mean, and I read this actually in Football London, I thought it was a really good piece. But, uh, you know, they're saying that basically, if you look at how we're attacking, the good and the positive things about Chelsea at the moment, you know, we are looking like a top four side going forward. But... Uh, the reverse of that is is what's happening at the back. And I'm just going to read out these stats for you, y'all. Uh, I'm sure we've got some American listeners in there that would appreciate that, y'all. Um, we have conceded uh, in six league games uh, 13 goals, along with three more from the two cup fixtures. In eight matches, Chelsea have been breached at least twice on six occasions. A first clean sheet remains elusive, and only Watford, courtesy of the eight shipped against Manchester City on Saturday and Norwich, have conceded more. We've conceded from set pieces against Man United, Leicester City, Wolves, Valencia and Liverpool. And uh, two goals were conceded to Sheffield United from crosses. Um, and their their feeling was that, that we are actually, th- this has been seen as a massive weakness, we're being targeted. Set pieces are absolutely our Achilles heel because we are defending, I think, very, very well actually in open play. Uh, more of that later. Uh, and it kind of returns to the old man-to-man or zonal marking. Now the thing is, I heard, Jonathan, that... Um, Frank decided that zonal's the way to go because we've got quite a short side. So going man-to-man leaves us quite vulnerable against big sides. And Liverpool are a big side. 
So I just don't know the answer to this, but something needs to be sorted out because we can't, as Frank said in the presser, you know, we can't rely on scoring more than the opposition, particularly when we have a day like yesterday where we just nothing was going in, really, was it? And I'd like somebody to explain the perhaps somebody on Mixler knows the uh, the efficiency of man to man to zonal. Who was it? Did was it your chap uh, talked about that before? Well, Lee, we had Lee on, didn't we? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I still didn't quite grasp it. So, well, um, well, I tell uh, I tell you what, I, I I revisited it because the lovely Claire McConnell, who is in here tonight, was apoplectic about it, and and I I, I tweeted her that, and actually Lee got involved, bless his heart, but. I'll reiterate really what was the summary of what he said. Uh, and actually, yeah. we, I don't know if we have Mark. We might have had Marco on the show that night. I can't remember. But anyway, you know, he was saying that, look, you know, it doesn't really matter whether you have zonal or man to man, because ultimately it depends on the people that are defending to do their job or beating, you know, uh, you know, if they defend the space, if, if like Firmino, I mean, I actually think Alonso was at fault and, and, he, and, he, and yeah. he did a bad he did job. Yeah, thing, didn't he, Chid? He's not a great header from corners. Well, well I think well, he is, he actually. He can be. He I can think, be. He yeah. missed he, it, though, didn't he? He is yeah. a good header of the ball, but he, yes. he was he was he, he switched off, and I think this is what Frank's been saying. So, I have to say, uh, I think, apart from that, he had a very fine second half, Alonso. I thought I didn't think any of them was bad in the second half, no, I have to I, say. I agree with that. But, I, I mean, it, it, it doesn't matter whether you're zonal or man marking. If they don't do their job properly, then you get punished. And Marco, I, don't, I, said, I can't remember if you were on, on the show when we had Leon. You might have been, actually, but Therein lies the problem. It's it's not systems. It's it's like what Kerry always says to me. It's not systems. Right. It's players, uh, yeah. Marco. Yeah, I, it's in, what's interesting to me is I mean it's 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 sort of been going on for a while, and it and it seems to be um, kind of endemic at, at every level in the club. I mean, I remember in the summer, um, I took Misty to her first game. Um, we went to watch the development squad play Sutton United, um, and and she met Callum Hudson Odoi that day, which is quite cool. But uh, but Chelsea conceded two goals from two corners. Who knew? Um, I mean, you know, it, it kind of it seems absurd that um, you know no longer can we defend a set piece. I mean, it's almost it's almost like there's some sort of weird hex. Uh, that I don't know the, the, the um, concentration goes awry at a set piece because um, we 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 were kind of like both both those uh, well the first Liverpool goal um, you know it's just horrible to watch you can just see what's going to happen what with the with the Trent Alexander Arnold goal yeah you, you, you know you, you could just see players just uh, they, they don't oh, too static they didn't nobody nobody went to attack the ball apart from Jorginho but no, but he said but that he, it was he, a super free kick but but Jorginho offered a titchy target didn't he he offered a, a a titchy block i mean he was actually slightly scared of the ball i thought but the but the others should have been doing it too. At least no, he should. at least they he recognised the danger. They should. They should. But it was a bloody good free kick, mate. I mean, he absolutely walloped that perfectly. I mean, you know, sometimes you've got to hold your hand up. Front of the front front of the uh, Matthew Harding. 
I don't know why he did that. Why did he do that bird shape and yeah. then insist on on doing it to the Matthew Harding? Why did he do that? I just thought that was because when uh, Firmino scored, he didn't. Um, he just wheeled away. What? What's the? What? Why go and taunt the opposition fans? I don't get that. I just think it's uh, really disrespectful. Why? Why is it disrespectful? Well, I mean, if I was a player and I scored in front of the cop, I would be giving them the finger, mate, and probably dropping yeah, my shorts and just giving it as large as I could. I just, I don't think it's, um, it's gloating. I don't, yeah. think you, I don't think it's giving it to them. No, I don't, I don't have I don't, a problem with it. I really I, don't. I mean, for I, example, I, I, just to extend the argument, um, if uh, you know, because basically, you know, although people are trying to prevent this these days. Supporters give players dogs abuse all game. Now, providing it's it's not racist or, or, or beyond offensive, no problem with that at all. And equally, if we give it out to them, I think they've got every right to give it out to us. I've got no, nothing. I've got. I think there's nothing wrong with that. But we see. We, I, I don't. I don't recall Trent Alexander Arnold getting abuse from Chelsea supporters. Well, apart from the fact he plays for Liverpool. Oh, no, no, yeah. So that's just. Kind of... <laughs> he didn't seem to have an axe to grind. That's why I didn't get it. You normally have it that they do it because they've been given a hard time by the fans. I've never known him be given a hard time by any Chelsea. But fan. I, I suspect J.K. Doesn't even know who he is. He's he... quite. He's quite young. So he will have. I mean, he's what nineteen, twenty. He would have grown yeah. up with. I mean, it's you know, I was. It's quite interesting, isn't it? Because Rick's piece in the in the on the website, the, the club website, was saying that. It's the most played match of the Premier League era, and uh, in spite of the fact that the uh, the Scousers have now gone all revisionist and are denying that there's a rivalry at all because now they're actually doing better than us, the reality is there's been a humongous rivalry between Liverpool and Chelsea that's been really quite nasty and toxic for at least the last 10, 15 years, well, yeah, 15 absolutely. years easily. Yeah. Um, and get, bearing in mind he's 20 and he's a Liverpool boy, he would have grown up with that. He probably hates us on principle because he probably thinks that we're all gammons and Brexit and racist because apparently that's what we are. Yes, yeah, so therefore he's... Discuss. Uh, he's, he's meeting it out, <laughs> isn't he? Can I just tell this story briefly? Yes, um, yes. It isn't quite to do with this because at um, half-time, Johnny Hollins was in our suite. And, uh, you're, you're not trying to link link Brexit, racism, games with John Hollins, I hope. Funnily enough, no. This good, is going good. off going off at a tangent. <laughs> I love John and, Hollins. Uh, it's what you said earlier about um, it could have gone another way, and I looked at him and I said, "What do you think, John?" And he went, "Oh dear, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> That's a very good John Hollins impression, <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> Go on. And, and I said, "What do you reckon? Four 0 He went, "Oh, good, good, eight. Eight, eight. So I said, "Oh, okay, right, right." So I was terribly pleased, terribly pleased that it it didn't go that way. That that's just just digressing. It's interesting to see, you know, one's one's heroes of 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 uh, of one's youth getting it completely wrong. I was rather pleased. He's more of a pessimist than you are, mate. I'm delighted by that. Um, listen, I've got some breaking news from the wonders that is, in fact, Mixler. Because I mean, it, it, this is why I love the fact that they're all in the room. If you, I don't know if you ever go on it while we're doing the show, boys, but um, they talk far more sense than any of us on the show do, and and it kind of makes up for us, really. But anyway, I've got some breaking news from Jack CFC, 1990. You see, clearly Jack is a little bit younger than us three, but he says the celebration was something to do with the football game FIFA. So there you go. Oh, God. Go. Oh, dear. oh, God. No wonder we know nothing about no. it. Oh, no. Clueless. 
does this mean like watching Napoli last year or the year before and watching uh, all these other teams? Yeah. I'm going to have to now play FIFA. Didn't you even play FIFA last season, Jonathan? No, no I didn't oh, even play sake. for the season before that. I know I'm useless. Oh, all right, all God. right. Okay, on that happy note, uh, we're going to bring part one to a close. And in part two, we're going to discuss Kante and Tomori being... Um, sorry, Conte and Tomori being Kante, amazing. Kante, Kante, Kante. 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 Just Kante. Golo, it's easier. Yeah, yeah. And Golo and Tomori being amazing <laughs> and VAR sucking the life out of the match-going experience. And we're also going to ask, why no Pulisic? And is Frank Lampard proving to be an unlucky manager? Uh. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. No, that that'll be staying in. Right, five, four, three, two, one. Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast, and uh, I'm enjoying it, actually. It's been great fun so far, because we've got Jonathan Kidd in, and uh, the absolute legend that is Mr. uh, Mark Worrell, who I know, I know you're writing another book, aren't you? You're not allowed to give us a sneaky preview, are you? I've actually finished it. Have you? Have you? Are you allowed to tell us what it is? Uh, It's a surprise. Okay. No, fair enough. Is it coming out for Christmas? It'll be out in November. Ah, oh, top stuff, top stuff. Yeah. Uh, I actually on 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 uh, the uh, book front, I bumped into Tim Rolls yesterday. Who, of course, as you all probably know, and if you don't go and bloody buy it, but Tim's got another cracking book out called uh, Stamford Bridge is Falling Down. And uh, for those of us like me who who paid for it on the Kickstarter thing, uh, we get a signed copy. And Tim kind of sidled up to me, looking rather worried, saying, "Oh, Chidge, Chidge, are you here for this game? I can give you the book." And, I, and then I can save on the postage. And I said, well, mate, you know, the trouble is if you give me a book before the match, I will guarantee that I'll get pissed and lose it somewhere. So, so you're t- talking of books, I'm actually looking at a proof copy of um, another book coming out. On the Gate 17, uh, label as Dave Johnston calls it, um, uh, next month, which is Chad's new book, which oh. is Chelsea, if Twitter was around when. Um, and very entertaining it is too. I think you're in here, Chich. I seem to recall. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what we talked about. I think we might have talked about uh, it was Wainbridge's goal that sent us out of control and the Arsenal out the Euro 2 3 4. I think it was that match. So, yeah, that one will be on the shelves. Yeah, I think, I think Chad, you know, Chad's first question was what, so, Chidge, what do you what do you remember? What do you remember about that match? I said, not, not a lot, mate. I was in the Duke's head getting shit faced with Dr. Mark. show me the youtube now i i do remember it very well it was a wonderful wonderful match because i used to hate arsenal back in the day then because they always used to beat us and i was just so ecstatic that we'd beaten them um anyway i reckon i reckon if we had ungolo conte playing for us in those days we would never have lost to arsenal because he is the most amazing thing that we have lost i love him did i say one win what did I say? No, no. I said we would just never have lost a game. Yes, yes, exactly. We'd never have lost with with Ngolo Conte playing. 
He is amazing. Uh, just to give you a few stats, he ran the most for Chelsea at 12.11 kilometres and at the highest average speed of 7.39 kilometres an hour. Doesn't seem very fast. Anyway, he regained possession the most times at 11 and won the highest proportion of his duels at 80%. Of course, he scored a worldie too. Um, he is, without doubt, the only world-class player we have. We are a different side with him in it. I love this man. I love him. I love him. I can't express, Jonathan, how much I love this man. I think you are right to love him, Chidge. I think he's wonderful, is a, isn't he? A love shared by all of us. Um, but it's interesting, he's not playing. Everybody thought that he would be going back to playing this player just outside the defensive four or three. And he's not, because Giorgino occupies that uh, that particular position. So um, it was intriguing to see him. I get pointing out, but he's on the wing. But he, look, where is he? To... to, to uh, to Ron, the Millwall fan next to me. And, uh, what did Ron say? Ron says, oh, he's no good. Don't rate him, uh, mate. No, no, no. Ron says, no, he's a proper footballer. Oh, does he? Ron likes him. Yeah, Ron likes him very much. Nice. Ron likes Ron likes Mount. Proper, proper football. He gets Lovely. two proppers, which Lovely. is good. Blimey. Yeah, very good. It's very praise good. indeed. Very great praise indeed. But no, I, 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 he was phenomenal yesterday, wasn't he? I mean, for goodness sake. Um but it, but nonetheless, it's to see him up front and out of position. It must surely make um, uh, some people from last season despair that he's not playing in, in the position that we all thought he should be playing in. In fact, I read an article saying that it was that he should still be playing in that position where he plays for France um, and where he played for Leicester. And the team would be more if it had more world class players, the team would be more successful because he'd be playing in his proper position. But when he still plays out of his skin like that, I don't think it matters where Frank plays him. But it does actually lighten up, light up, um, illuminate, or not illuminate, uh, Jorginho's role in it, who uh, um, is... is uh, in fact, the bloke behind me kept saying, I don't know what Jorginho does. He's not creative. There's nothing happening. <laughs> in fact, the, the reality is, of course, is Jorginho plays really rather wonderful passes, which he still does, but is a bit frail. Which was a very good observation, I thought, from uh, from me. I said it actually. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, Marco. Marco. I mean, on on the can oh, Conte. Sorry, I must do this right. He's the Conte issue. Know what? Go on. I just think he's he's sort of he's like a real box to box whirlwind whirlwind now, and his game's improving in in such a way. I mean, he's becoming a, a goal threat. Um, you know, I, I, we were talking yesterday. We were watching the game, so it's almost—he's almost getting into positions now. I mean, I know everybody talks about you know Mount being Lampard-esque in the way he approaches the game, but I think I think Kante's kind of—you know—he's almost—he's almost now. Now he's getting goals in his um, in his locker. He's becoming the complete midfielder. Mm. I would agree uh, with that. Mm. I, I mean, the, the interesting thing is, you know, I mean, all this kind of, well, you know, he's not playing where he, he used to play business and, well, Giorgino's playing in his... I mean, the thing is, is that Kante, sorry, Conte, only played, uh, you know, in that role in the four-two-three-one. Um, You know, obviously, Sarri played him on the right in the three. Yesterday, we were playing four-three-three. So, I think it depends... And this is the point you're both making, really. He's an absolutely world-class midfielder, and he could probably probably play anywhere in the midfield. So I think is what a joy it must be to to manage him, 
I get the impression he never complains about it. I mean, his, his goal celebration or lack of one was just wonderful. I mean, he just got us back into the game. <laughs> he He'd scored an, back, an individual yeah. goal that was worthy of Eden Hazard. And he just jogged back with a little smile on his face. I mean, I just love this bloke so much. We can never let him go, man. He's just brilliant. Uh, it just gives me hope. When we've got Kante playing, I have hope. It's just brilliant. Can't say enough about him in terms of praise. And I'll tell you what, another person who caught my eye yesterday, uh, Tamori is amazing too. Oh, yeah, he's superb. Isn't he, Marco? Yeah, Had Salah in his back pocket all game. Yeah, I mean... We we were actually at the Valencia game the other the other evening. Um, we we I don't know why we ended up there, but we were in a diagonal opposite where we normally sit in Gate Seventeen in, in the in the shed. So over by where Cliff August sits. I don't know if you've ever been over. Yeah, I always get moved there when yeah, we when we uh, get evicted, and it really annoys Cliff. And I tell him that Graham puts me there deliberately just to piss him off. Yeah, we were just watching sort of when Chelsea were defending that half. Just he said. Just watching him off the ball, he just reads the game so well. Um, you know, positioning, his mobility, he gets his body in the way of the ball. Um, you know, I mean, he's, he's 21, uh, but he, he just really looks um, the complete centre-back. And I think it's, it's quite interesting, sort of digressing slightly, because we were talking about Pulisic not getting a game. And I just think it's quite interesting um, that, you know, Tamori, Mount, you know, um, and Abraham, um, you know, learnt their sort of trade as in grown-up football playing in the championship. Um, you know, which which clearly, you know, if you look at Pulisic, he's not at the same level as, as those guys. Um you know, just from uh, keeping up with the pace of the game um, scenario. Uh, and, you know, you sort of worry about, talking about Ampadu as well, he's gone out to um, Leipzig, hasn't he? And uh, he's not got a game, he's on the bench every time. And you're sort of thinking, you know, would he have been better off, you know, going to Sheffield yeah. Wednesday or Bristol City? yeah. And getting a full season under his belt and then, you know, coming back a, a grown-up bloke ready to go and play football. And I think, you know, that's what we've seen with Mount and Tamoria and Abraham, you know. I mean, it's disastrous for them not getting game time when they go away on loan, isn't it? It really does just... It, it makes a mockery of the whole process. Well, especially if they're, they're playing out, outside, you know, if they've gone abroad. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the whole point of the... Going to a, an overseas league typically is it's a weaker league, so you're more likely to to get a game, aren't you? Yeah. Um, so I don't I don't know how that's going to work out for for young Ethan because um, you oh, know, he, he's young. To be fair, he is. What, but he, yeah, I know, but I mean, you know, that might help. I mean, if he was eighteen, nineteen, big problem. The fact he's sixteen, seventeen. Well, no, he's eighteen, isn't he? Well, yeah. okay, he's eighteen. He's you know he can have a duff season and still you know, come back relatively unscathed. Anyway, look, talking about Mason Mount, uh, we have a winner. We have a winner in the I've Taken More Drugs Than Keith Richards competition uh, from Glide Like Boger, who has said on Mixler, Mount is becoming a problem. I don't, think he, I don't think he's good enough to start if we have a fully fit squad, but Lamps will try to shoehorn him in when RLC is back. Where will Mount play? 
<laughs> don't know, mate. Keep taking the drugs, mate. They're doing you the power of good. Uh, and talking of drugs, the person who invented VAR was clearly on them when they thought of this confounded, fecking idea. I, I mean, I've got to be honest. I mean, do you know what? I'll be honest with you. Not that I'm never uh, honest with you, I hasten to add. But, um, you know, I was actually... I could, I could see the sense. I could see the sense in VAR when it when it all came in you know i could see the sense in it but i have to say when you're and i mean you know look okay uh, i hate to kind of try and stoke up this kind of match goers versus tv watchers debate because i don't i think that's spurious but i'll be honest with you if you go to a match and have var fuck it up for you it is interminable it is unconscionable it is unbearable and i cannot stand it because and this is for why I don't give two shits about whether Mason Mount's left toenail was half an inch offside because I can't see that bloody far at the game. But I tell you what I do give a shit about. I give a shit about nearly spontaneously combusting and having a heart attack when we score a goal to equalise against Liverpool or perhaps go to... I can't remember if we were two... No, it was one. It was, would have been one all. And, you know, and, and, and hug people that have got halitosis and kiss people that have got a very scratchy beard only for the damn thing to be disallowed for no apparent reason because they don't even bother to tell you what's going on. It's ruining football. It's sucking the joy out of football for th- those of us who are lucky enough to be at the match, Jonathan. But Chidge, I think the very fact you used the words don't even tell you what's going on is really relevant. I think that it's I don't think it's the actual VAR that's the problem. I just think it's the way they're handling it, because the people handling it are all idiots because they're all Premier League referees. And it yeah. just makes makes great sense because they're all preening pompous cockatoos of idiocy. And uh, oh, br- I'm sorry, JK, that was brilliant. Can you say that again? That was the best thing you've ever said on a show <laughs> ever. pompous cockatoos of idiocy. One I'll more say- time. Preening pompous cockatoos of idiocy. Ah. Fucking genius, man. Um, they, but they, um, it, 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 it could be done so much more easily and less offensively and more quickly. And they've somehow managed to... Uh, to completely cock it up. Well, somehow we know why, because as I've just said, because of the preening cockatoos, it's you know to have 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 Mariner involved with Atkinson the other day was just like I mean a, a couple of complete dicks. How is honestly one of them in the club ever going to say that somebody got it wrong? And it's now just becoming. But also you saw the difference between between um, the, the European. Uh, attitude towards it during the week which is the the referee loved the moment of being able to stomp over to the side to get the screen unfurled it was bizarre how the screen suddenly flicked itself up as if we were in we were in some casino somewhere or something if it's some high class hotel ah there it is i can look i can observe i can attract attention to myself oh look at this uh, i've noticed that the ball has hit his hand therefore it must be a penalty whereas all of us had worked out about 10 minutes beforehand that it was clearly going to be a penalty because it hit his hand. Whereas at the weekend, we had that ridiculous business of the ball hitting the ball to hand. What what, what game was it when it was um, uh, just hit him on the arm? Was it the Arsenal game? And um, no, it wasn't the Arsenal game. I can't remember a particular game, but it's a, it was so obviously a penalty and nothing happened. And you think, but what we know, how are you all getting com- completely wrong? Or how is it taking you an eternity to get it wrong? So there are so many different interpretations going on. Um, and I have to say, for as regards to offside, 
I, I have a, I don't really care. I don't really mind as much about that because if his foot's offside, his foot's offside. And I almost feel that, that we can give the interpretations to it should be foul play, obvious foul play. But I'm, no, I'll, I'll be very specific. They should give it as they do in rugby to the, to the referee <clears throat> to, to make the decision who makes it quickly and shows us on the screen. They do it in rugby really quickly. Why can't they do it? In, in football they can't do it because they're not very bright well they're not really up with it you know what mate i mean we, we had a good i mean thankfully we had alex uh, on the show oh, last alex, friday well, and and, and guys, she, she's guys she should listen to the love sport episode on friday alex was phenomenal talking about it because she's been to uh, what's the nog stockley said, park I, yeah but I so said, the, bo- I, the bottom line is i i give I, no shits yeah. about it really you know i'm not really interested in the intricacies of it and whether it's right or oh, wrong and all the rest of it what I'm fed up with is the way that it's ruining it's ruining my experience of the football. The reason I go to football, and, and bearing in mind the likes of me, Jonathan and Marco were watching Chelsea when they didn't score a goal for 19 matches. The, 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 the thing about football is the sheer exuberance and passion that you feel when your team scores a goal. It is instant, it is visceral, it is life-affirming, it is why we go. And we are being denied that by stupid fucking rules that are designed to make the game more appealing for people who watch on television. It's bollocks, and so they should stop it now. It's interesting you say that, because I, 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 uh, I happened to be in the car for about 10 minutes this afternoon, um, and I, I had it on TalkSport, and uh, they were discussing VAR, and this lad called in, a Chelsea supporter. I heard it. Saying, and he, he said, and he watched it on TV and he said, I'm backing off my, cancelling my Sky subscription. The game's gone. That's it. Um, you know, what's the point? Blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, which is a bit reactionary. But, you know, I, I just think, you know, it's, it is, it's very funny, isn't it? Like the Tottenham thing um, on Saturday. That was hilarious. But you know it's going to happen to you. And, of course, what happens the next day happens to us. And when it happens, you know, as you, as you very you described very well, you know, I mean, we were all celebrating, jumping up and down, you know. Uh, and then, you know, it's, it's that you thought you had scored, you were wrong scenario. You could say as well, couldn't we, that in fact the deflation of that um, w- 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 Cause the uh, the lacks of concentration for the next goal for their Liverpoolian goal. Can't express that well, haven't they? Liverpoolian goal for the Liverpool goal um, uh, because uh, we were so deflated by it, weren't we? Everybody was deflated in the stadium, and you find the players must be affected by it as well, particularly in a big game like that, particularly against the league leaders. And you and you draw level, and unfortunately, it's it seemed to be offside, and they immediately score. Um, and and I think there's a definite connection between the two. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, it was said about the Spurs game, actually, I was hearing on the radio today. And I mean, I, I kind of a lot of comments coming on here by people saying it's shit for us who are watching on TV too. And I, I think that's a very good point. Gregory Gardner makes that point, and I'm I, I I'm, I'm sure you're right. Uh, in a you know, when I say that it's it's designed for you know, it it. it, it TV people are not like you and I. They they don't go to games. They're not they're not as passionately committed to what's going on as we are. And and they it's all about fucking marketing and branding and entertainment and 
creating devices to make it sexier. It's bollocks. Get rid of it. It's ruining the game. I've had enough of it, and I don't want to talk about it ever again. Um, anyway, um, moving swiftly along. Um, uh, I, I kind of try and conflate all of these things in one go if I can, chaps, which is, you know, uh, Christensen and Emerson getting added to Emergency Ward 10, Pulisic not coming on, Frank Lampard is he an unlucky manager. But let's start kind of chronologically. Um, a real shame to see Emerson going off actually so early but I think as Frank again admitted in the presser uh, he perhaps came back too exactly. soon which is not really you know I think you have to be strong enough to say, say to myself I suppose if you say to a player are you fit to play and they say yes you've got to believe them haven't you but very unfortunate there but also Christian's very going interesting to say which is very interesting he was actually injured very very early yeah two because, minutes wasn't it uh, yeah about two minutes because Alonso started getting ready Practically after after the kickoff, after we'd had the kickoff, it was um, because we all noticed him. He was right down below us, and I and I actually said, "God, Alonso's uh, Alonso's warming up, and uh, why is he warming up so early?" And then he was down there, and it took him. They took some time to to get onto the pitch. I think. Well, I think Emerson gave him a sign that he was okay, but then it became absolutely apparent that he wasn't. Sorry to interrupt, but it was just interesting that That's all right. that we That's it, right. it, it clearly happened very very early on indeed. So. Indeed. Um, very sad for Emerson. Um, and of course, Christensen went off as well. So basically, we lost, you know, half of the defence. Uh, so if we go back to where we started with the, 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 set, the second set piece goal, perhaps mitigation there. Um, but of course, everybody's been getting in a right old stink about um, Pulisic not getting any game time. And I'll be honest with you. I mean, I think the guy's got a lot of talent, but I said it on Friday, didn't I, JK, that yeah. You know, he, he's not quite as good as everybody else yet. He looks about out of his depth. He's trying to get used to playing in the Premier League. There are better players than Pulisic who have taken a good year to get attuned to the Premier League. So panic not, or as they like, that's that advert. You, you would know this, wouldn't you, JK? That advert. Stress not. Stress not, people. Is that some insurance advert or something? Michael but, Winner, that was. No, no, no. That's yeah. a calm down, dear. Calm Is that the same down. Thing? Yeah. what you meant. No, no, no. It's like a, a, I don't know. It's like a Californian dude. So there's insurance ad. I'm sure it is. Anyway, whatever. But stress not. He will get his chance. That's what Frank said. I suspect he'd be playing tomorrow night. More, uh, sorry, Wednesday night. More of that later. But of course, if you've already taken two defenders off and had to replace them with defenders, your options for bringing on uh, a creative player when you looked at who we had on the bench uh, are much more limited. And I and I don't have a problem actually. In fact, I'm delighted that. Frank went two up top, uh, you know, in in the game. I mean, that seemed to. Me- oh, he, he didn't, did he? Took did he take? A- Remind me, am I being an idiot here? Did he take Abraham off or did he leave yeah. him on? He did. He took Abraham and put Bashway on. So he didn't. He just did a like for like. But I mean, the yeah. bottom line is, I I get that we were looking for a goal, but I think the conflation of all of this, Pulisic aside, although I'm, but, but by all means comment on it, I am wondering. Um, Given the amount of injuries uh, that we're we're having, um, you know, on top of the transfer ban, and Eden Hazard going, and some dodgy blooming decisions not going our way, you know, is is Frank uh, Marco is Frank an unlucky manager? Uh, I don't think so. I, I, do, do, does luck really play a part in it um, at management level? I, what, what I will say is. Um, and I'm not entirely sure if luck it's to do with luck or something to do with fitness conditioning or, you know, the fitness tests that players determine whether players are fit or not. We, we seem to have become an injury-jinxed club. Um, 
you know, and uh, you know, admittedly, you know, some of those potentially are unlucky, but but are they? You know, if you look back, um, you know, Loftus Cheek shouldn't have been playing in that game in America. You know, Hudson Adoy did did his did his ankle and then walked all the way around the pitch. What was that all about? Yeah, you know, um, it's I don't know. It, some, some, you make your own luck, don't you? And I, I don't think, I don't think Frank's. He was never an unlucky player, was he? So he's not going to become an unlucky manager. Um, I just think everything needs to. The stars need to align. I think, you know, it wasn't the easiest of starts to the season fi- fixture-wise. Um, you know, we've got a decent run of uh, winnable fixtures now. Um, you know, I think we've got a. We've got to win now. We've not got to be honourable in defeat. We've got to go out there and, you know, screw a few opponents up. And, you know, I mean, we, you know, we duffed Wolves up, didn't we? 5-2. Nobody saw that result coming. Um, We need more of that. That's what we need. Yeah, I'm getting some really interesting comments aligned with you there, Marco. Uh, Good old Tony's in in listening in Mixler. And he said... uh, no, he isn't. Luck is fiction. There's a physical reason behind everything. They're ever the scientist, Tony. Ever the scientist. I was thinking kind of in the Napoleonic sense, you know, don't give me good generals, give me lucky ones, but there you go. Could, um, could, I know I know a gypsy we could send along if you want. Could, uh, you? could get, rid of, get rid of the curse. That West Ham fan, are they? Under. Oh. The West Ham. <laughs> clever. Clever, very clever, but but I don't think you're allowed to say that. Ah, but what did I say? I said, are they a West Ham fan? They might be. That's all you said. Yes. Yeah, Sorry. Absolutely. Yeah. That's your your filthy mind. Your filthy mind went I there, was. mate. It's my mine. fault. I'm I'm resigning now. <laughs> <laughs> Go and report yourself to Dan Levine right now. Yes. I'm <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> bless Dan. Oh dearie me. Um. Yeah. Anyway, moving swiftly along. Um. Good old talking of, uh, of you know people we used to have on this show. Uh, Neil Barnett uh, tweeted this out actually quite uh, you know controversially as Neil likes to do. Um, this was before the Liverpool game, so I've, I have now updated it. But he did a, a points one stroke loss comparison to last season uh, in terms of who he played already uh, against Man United away. We are down one point. Uh, I think I don't see how that. I, I, yes. That that would make sense. Uh, At Leicester at home, we are up one point. Norwich away, equivalent to Cardiff away, neutral. Sheffield United at home, equivalent to Fulham at home, down two points. Wolves away, up three points. And now Liverpool at home, minus one points. Guess what the total stroke difference is in terms of points one loss compared to last season? Guess what? It's a magical zero. We are no different. Now, I mean, I I see what he's done there, but to be honest with you, you know, this time last season, um, as as the Saristas, if they're still out there, would would no doubt uh, trot out the stat that we went 18 games unbeaten, you know, largely because we didn't play anyone. And then we drew 0 0 with Everton and got thumped 3 1 by them uh, at Wembley. Um, so you know, I think I think that stats a bit ridiculous, to be honest with you. I think I think what you've got to look at um, is is the fact that you know we haven't we haven't kept a clean sheet um, in a competitive fixture this season, um, and we haven't won at home um, this season. You know, they're the, they're the two stats that you know 
pe- people would look at as a barometer of um, how well the club's doing at the moment because, you know, if you, if you haven't won a game at home and you're heading in, into October and you haven't kept a clean sheet, then that's not good, is it? So No, no, I, I accept all of that, but I think it's a very interesting illustrative point. And Dean, Dean Mears, who's in, in, uh, in Mixler at the moment, says that comparison is useless, though, taking the Marco line in a sense, not same teams or time of the season. Well, that is all true. But I think the point I was really kind of making underneath all that is that we're kind of no better or worse off. And yet, this this season, you know, we've got uh, no Eden Hazard. Uh, we've had no new transfers. And we're playing a, a lot of kids as well and a lot of players who might be, you know, edging towards the end of their career. So we're, you know, I, I don't think it's as... I think the point that I'm saying is it's not as dark as uh, a lot of people are trying to paint it at the moment. The, the the idea that I had, Marco, when I was, you know, you know, it's like a gate 17. It can be a bit sonambulant at times and you can have a bit of a, a rumination. Uh, and I did. And uh, my feeling was, is that we are not you, far away. We're trousers, not. Sir? You what? Did you brown your trousers? No, no. A rumination, mate. I was thinking. I was thinking. Um, anyway, my thoughts were, my thoughts were that we're not far away. And I, I think that really... Interestingly enough, and I, and you know, I, okay, I shall name drop here. I was talking to Colin Pates yesterday, and Ooh. I was talking, yes, when Pates went up to lift the full <laughs> members' cup, we were there. And, and I was, I asked him, I said, how close were Chelsea to winning the title in the mid 80s? Because we, we had a really good run for a couple of seasons and we weren't far away and it all went horribly wrong. We talked about, you know, the West Ham. Four uh, nil and the QPR six nil, which kind of killed it. Or which, ironically, were the, in the world. It was, but ironically, they were the next matches after the the full members' cup win. But I said, you know, how close were we? And and he said, you know what? He said we weren't far away. We were probably a player short. And I thought, oh, that's a really interesting point. And I watched the game against Liverpool yesterday, and I thought much the same. I think we are about one player short. In other words, that kind of player who can create a bit of magic and produce a goal out of nothing. I think that's what we're short at the moment. Eden Hazard. <laughs> oh, that's the one. Yeah, funnily enough. Funnily enough, indeed. You know, that was kind of the thought. I mean, I, I hate to say we're missing him, but we're missing him, aren't we, JK? Yes. Well, I, I think we're two players light. I think... Um, uh, but uh, but this who, slightly... would be the other, who would be the other player? Uh, what would be I, know, the other I, think, player? I think we could do with another forward, but I, I think we're being uh, centre forward. I think we're being. Well, I keep going on about this. We're being disrespectful to Frank by suggesting that we should buy players at this stage. I'm not saying um, that. But you're saying what well, you're saying in the future. No, no. That we're short at the moment, but it it could be it could be Pulisic. It could be you know. Yeah, but I'm not. Oh. I didn't say Jonathan. To be fair, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't say well, we need to go and buy somebody now. I'm just saying no, that no, we no, are no. A, a player, or, and I, I would agree with you actually. Possibly two players. To, sure. I almost don't want to speculate because I think it's too early because we haven't given a a chance yet, and we haven't given. Uh, well, maybe exactly. Maybe maybe he is the guy that can come in and create something out of nothing and produce yeah. that little bit of yeah. magic and be world class. Yeah. Yeah, but, but I, well, I would be, I would be absolutely astonished if if Frank hasn't already sat down with Marina and she said to him, "Well, you know, Frank, we've got nearly half a billion quid's worth." Of <laughs> yes. No, I agree. Uh, I agree. What would you suggest we do with it? Uh, because you know, we need a marquee signing. Yeah, completely. 
No, completely, I agree. I agree, but it's not going to. If there isn't a, a transfer, if if the transfer ban is lifted in December, uh, and we're still in the group stage, and we still we've got past the group stage of the Champions League, um, I, I think we could do really well in the competition if he buys a couple of world class players. Yeah, I agree completely. But you're right; they they will be doing it. But at the moment, I feel that with those two players to come in, I think it's a bit. It's a bit. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it, though. What I'm loving, the fact that, you know, this is kind of, because I'm old enough, it's kind of, you know, Eddie McCready's Blue and White Army stroke Johnny Neal's Blue and White Army all, all over again, where, you know, there's, 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 there's not a lot of money washing around. Got to make do a, a bit with what you've got. Um, and then, you know, develop, develop a team from that. And, you know, that's exactly what Frank's doing. And in a way, um, I mean, it's quite interesting. You sort of look at continental teams that do this. So recently it was Ajax, wasn't it? And then it was Monaco before that. And all that happens is that they just end up getting um, pulled apart by, you know, uh, richer clubs, other clubs coming in and picking, picking their jewels, which wouldn't necessarily you know, it's, not, it's not going to happen with us because of the amount of money we've got. But exactly. the one, the one thing, Marco, that that you're absolutely right. The the memory that I've got of uh, of somebody from the youth team coming into the first team and playing well was something that you you absolutely look forward to and you absolutely rooted for them. And it's something I've forgotten over the last fifteen well, years. I, I think I, you know, I can only you know, there's a mix of sort of generations where, where we, we are in the ground. And obviously I speak to people of all ages at, at the store before the games. And, it, you know, it is like right across the board, um, the, the enthusiasm for, um, you know, this, this whole ethos of developing the kids, whether we had a transfer ban or not, um, you know, if Frank Lampard had become the manager and we were still able to go and buy players, I still believe um, that, that he would have been, you know, looking to pick, you know, he'd have, he'd have, you'd have still seen Mount and Tamori and maybe not Abraham, but certainly those two guys uh, w- would be playing in or, you know, they'd be in or around the first team. They wouldn't have been loaned out again th- this season, you know, because I, I think, you know, between, you know, Lampard and Morris, they're the guys and, and they're proving that is the case, that, that we're always going to be the people who fully understood that actually Chelsea have an academy and there's, you know, a load of players there and a load of players on loan and they all need to be assessed rather than, you know, when 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 Sarri was earmarked for the, for the Chelsea job, he had no idea who... Um, was in the, the yeah. academy, and, and it's the same story. If you track that back, you know, since um, well, Mourinho, well, since since Abramovich bought the club, yeah. yeah. Um, and, Although, ironically, Marco, you know, and this is this is such a huge irony, and I've never been able to work this out, but we 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 know enough people who are close to the club to know that Abramovich desperately wants the academy to work. You know, not just from an emotional point of view, but from a financial point of view. And yet, but his, obviously, but his desire to to lift old big ears um, sort of overarched that, didn't it? And then, um, you know, the, 
where where that impatience comes from, that culture of impatience that has seen, you know, I don't know what is it, sixteen different managers in, in as many years. I'm not sure what the stat is in terms of um, how many how many managers, temporary or otherwise, we've had in charge. It's a lot, but you know that kind of churn um, and bringing people in there's never going to be any kind of continuity. There's, no. more, there's more sense of continuity now than Chelsea Football Club having a, a joined-up look about it at all yeah. levels now than at any time that I can remember going, God, right back to when, I don't know, Keith Jones and Keith Dublin came. You know, I mean, like going back... Or Bobby Campbell. You know, I mean, you can't really... You know, the... Jody Morris and John Terry, you know, it was a... Actually, do you know what? I take that back. I think John Neal, mate. I mean, John Neal had a plan and that plan screwed up because he got ill and then John Hollins came up and I spoke to yeah. Kerry Dixon yesterday moaning about it. So, bloody John Hollins broke the team up. Should never have done it, yeah. you know, so... Unfortunately, John's a great guy, but he wasn't a very good no. football manager, was he? So, dreadful. Mm. Um... He was dreadful. What was that... Yeah. What was that period? Who did he play on the right wing? He played some fullback on the right wing, and was it vice versa? And uh, it was I remember being there and being in despair, and we lost easily. Remember, do you remember the Hollins must go? Hollins. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'm afraid I sang that. I'm sorry to say. Uh, have you told him that? No. Well, sang it. Funnily enough, funnily enough, I don't think I will be. I'll just be saying, "What do you think the score's going to be, John?" Hey, 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 hey. Oh, we could talk about this for hours. I mean, the only thing I would I would would say is that you know there is a counterpoint to this, which is that you know I I, I mean I hate I think I said this in the blog I wrote for Football London last week, but you know if you look at what Liverpool have done, they have spent a lot of money. Let's let's not beat around the bush. But what I like about what Klopp's done, he, he's been surgical with it. You know, he identified who he needed at centre back to completely galvanise that team and as a goalkeeper. And he bided his time and he bought them. He didn't matter how much money they cost. He, that's what he wanted. He hasn't, you know, been like wasting money on the Zappacostas and the drink waters of this world. So I think if, if, if and when the transfer ban does get, uh, you know, goes away, that's what we need to do. We need to identify one or two players because actually I think what we're finding is the nucleus of this squad, particularly with these exciting youngsters coming through, you know, is good. So let's not rock the boat too much. But yes... I mean, I think we were saying earlier on when we, you know, clearly Conte is the only world-class player we have. Uh, if you're going to compete for Champions Leagues, Premier League titles, you need three, four world-class players, in my opinion. So we do need to add to it. But I think we, this is a debate, I think, that will run and run and run on this show throughout the season. So stay tuned, folks. Um, right. Uh, time for a quick break. Uh, and in part three, we're going to have a quick look ahead to uh, Wednesday night's Caribou Cup tie against Grimsby Town. Uh, also, yes, and some of your parish notices. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK, in all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? 
Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved blue boy's life. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And uh, we're now going to have a look... Uh, by the way, of course, I should say, we've got the wonderful Jonathan Kidd on the show, of course. Hello. He's a permanent fixture. Love him. Uh, and uh, very special guest. I do love Bit Marco on the old Chelsea Fancast. Good to have you on the show, mate. Good evening. So there you go. Uh, you've been asked, actually, there's a question that's coming for you, Marco, uh, from English Dan, who says, does Marco have the stylophone? Ah, well, do you know what? It depends if Misty's going to bed yet. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get it. We're going to get it. I am in the room where the stylophone is. I just can't have to remember where it is. Talk amongst yourselves. We will. Um, because... Uh, you know, Wednesday, Wednesday this week. Uh, he's found it. He's found. Well, I tell you what, mate. In part four, we've got some songs coming up in the email. So I tell you what, keep your powder dry until then. Right, Grimsby Caribou Cup uh, this Wednesday. Um, Frank's already kind of talked about this and, and intimated that uh, James Reese James will get his debut, and Hudson Adoy long-awaited return to the first team. But my, my team for uh, Wednesday, uh, given that I think we need to rest the, the walking wounded and give game time to the bit players in the squad and, uh, as, as Frank said, bring some of the youth in who, who are trying to get back to, to full fitness. But I, I would pick the following. I would pick Caballero in goal, uh, Rhys James, Zuma, Tamori, Alonso, Barkley, Jorginho, Gilmore... Pulisic, Batshuayi, Hudson-Odoi, Jonathan. I think you're spot on. Really? Um, who are the other two youth players who have been figuring, um, whose names have escaped me? I mentioned them last week, actually, but I've forgotten who they are. Um, uh That's one of them. And the, and the other... Uh, Conor no, Gallagher. 
and no, no, not uh, no. Gallagher's at um, he's at Charlton, but apparently he's. I've got a Charlton mate who just said he's oh completely, gay, completely brilliant. Um, Mark yes. Gay, yeah, who, yes. who was who won yes. a, won the England Under Seventeen World Cup? Another one. Yes, um, I think he. There's a possibility he might get a game. Actually, I don't. He's know, a centre back, isn't he? Bench. He's, he's a he's centre back, isn't he? Yeah, he might play instead of Tamori or Imzuma. Yeah. You don't know. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. But I'm, I'm. I don't think. I think he's a he's a realist, Frank. I don't think he's going to stick in a completely. Um, he'll have he'll have he'll have the the experienced players on the bench. One hopes, just in case it all goes pear shaped. But um, uh, I I think you're 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 pretty pretty almost there. I think he'll, he'll give Barkley a game definitely. Who was most interesting didn't figure at all. Of course, against was he on the naughty boy step. Uh, I, I no, I don't even. I don't think it's the naughty boy step. I think it's the not quite good enough step. Mm. Um, I think everybody else is playing better than him, and I think he really does. He talks about as as I keep establishing, keep talking all the time. Frank really mentioned this at one of the press conferences that Tamori had been so good in training that that's why he put him in the first team. He really he admires effort in training because that's what he did himself, and. Uh, um, so if Barkley's just not coming up to scratch, or even if he then plays in the games and uh, isn't coming up to scratch, he's 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 not going to pick him. He's not going to pick you know him what? on England, England reputation. He'll I'm, pick I'm gonna, to, ahead, of, gonna, ahead of him every time. I'm going to make a prediction. I think Barkley will be sold in the summer. Yeah, completely yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I I love him. I, I like Marco does. I know. I, I desperately want to see him succeed, but I just think. I, you know, I think I think that we've got so many talented players coming through in that position. I, I can't see him. I, I think he'll get sold. I really do, unless yeah. he turns it round. I mean, let's hope yes. he does. You yes, know, but I'd love the, to see I him think play he's well. got the message, hasn't he? You know, when you're substituted on 52 minutes and you only get on at the end, and I'm afraid you're you 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 missed the penalty. I mean, Mourinho would have sold him immediately. He'd have been on the <laughs> true. He would have done, wouldn't he? It's possible. I mean, Lukaku, yes. Lukaku yeah. went that yeah. way, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. totally. Um. Yeah, so Marco, what what say you uh, on my genius team selection there? Uh, well, I have to be honest and say I was giving um, Misty a kiss on her forehead goodnight. So I, I heard you say Caballero in goal. Night, night, Misty. She's gone. Oh, bless her. Um, yeah, basically, I'll recap for you. Caballero, I mean, basically, I think he's going to rest the walking wounded. He's going to give some time for those that have not been getting a game. And, and we know he's going to bring in uh, James and uh, Hudson-Odoi because he's pretty much said he would. So I reckon Caballero in goal, James, Zuma, Tamori, pretty much the only fit central defenders anyway. Alonso, Emerson's injured, obviously. Uh, Barkley... Uh, needs game time. Jorginho, uh, we don't want to play Kante because he's just coming back from injury. Gilmore, because I think he likes Billy Gilmore. Uh, and, didn't, yeah. he, didn't he pick up an injury? What, Billy Gilmore? Yeah. Oh, you may be right. I didn't know that. Uh, okay. That I thought he the mentioned pitch. the other day he was going to give Gilmore a go, though, so perhaps he's recovered from it. Yeah, okay, we'll see. Well, I'm sticking with Gilmore. Uh, and up front, Pulisic, Batshuayi. Now, Batshuayi, he, you know, t- picking up on Jonathan's theory... Um, has apparently been working really hard in training and impressing, and I think Frank will pick him. And yeah. uh, Hudson Odoi obviously gets his gets gets back into the side. So that that's my team, Marco. Yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, you know, it's kind of it's, it's sort of limited by what he's got available to him. Well, true enough. Just in terms of injuries, and I think you know can't really um, go too. Uh, overboard, you know, p- picking a completely inexperienced side that, that doesn't know how to play with each other because 
you know, this is Grimsby's Cup final, isn't it? They're bringing 7,000 fully paid up members of the Cleethorpes Beach uh, <laughs> with their beach huts, they're bringing them as well. Yes. What? what what's that? I forget. It's the is it the Mariners that were their nickname? Yeah. Or the Fish Heads or something, wasn't it? I thought we used to Mariners, isn't it? Shrimpers, oh, but, isn't it? Is it shrimp? Firm, no, that's that's South End, mate. The firm yes. called yes. their firm's called the Cleethorpes Beach Patrol. Uh, the Cleethorpes Beach Patrol. Bloody hell! I thought we used to call them the Fish Heads or something. I don't know. Because it's interesting, you know. Because I mean. Grimsby and Chelsea have got a bit of history. We've 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 uh, won twenty one, drawn eight, and lost fourteen. Some of you will be amazed to know we've been playing Grimsby going back to the thirties, I think. But uh, the likes of Marco, Jonathan, and I will remember them. I don't know about fondly, but uh, we had quite a few ding dongs with them in Division Two, boys in blue in Division Two, and we were actually there for far yes. too long. But we we uh, we we uh, we well the, the most famous Chelsea Grimsby match in my humble opinion was of course the last match of the season. Well, it wasn't the last match of the season, was it? Was it the one before? I can't remember. Anyway, Grimsby Town Second versus before, Chelsea. It, it was the penultimate, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Twelfth of May, nineteen eighty-four, and we won the League Division Two title uh, by beating them one-nil. Uh, and uh, I have a lovely picture of. Uh, Cheltel, people who listen to this show or who have been for 11 years, apart from the fact you need your heads tested, uh, will remember Cheltel fondly. And of course, Cheltel was there. And uh, he's got a, there's a lovely picture of Cheltel on the Grimsby pitch, uh, surrounded by Chelsea supporters and uh, policemen freaking out because there were so many Chelsea fans there who went, I think about 10,000 apocryphally. Uh, and they were everywhere. None of them. We couldn't fit into the. St- I wasn't there, but uh, we couldn't fit into the stands, and we had to be relocated. And it was quite a day. Were you there, Marco? Didn't go. No. No, I wasn't there. Yeah, Jonathan. I remember being offered a ticket, but you didn't go. No. Disgraceful. Hang on so, a second. When was it? I can't remember. What eighty-four. Day. Eighty-four. May eighty-four. Uh, yeah. No. 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 I was at. Um, uh, I was in a show. I remember. I remember being offered a ticket though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but you didn't go. You didn't no, go. No. no. Okay. So there we go. So that was the famous one. The last time we played them was in uh, February 1996. Uh, it was a, an FA Cup fifth round replay. I think we drew nil-nil before that. Uh, and we beat them 4-1. I love this. Just listen to this. Goals by Michael Dubry, the Dubs. Mark Hughes, Gavin, the Reverend Gavin Peacock. Uh-oh, Stylophones. Hold it. Hold it to the next part. There will be songs, Marco. Johnny Spencer... Uh, I'll mute. I'll mute you. <laughs> not not in a Twitter sense. I hasten to add. Sing when anyway, you're fishing. what? Sing when you're fishing. I was playing. Oh, sing when you're fishing. That's right. Yeah, yeah. They were the fish heads. <laughs> anyway, we scored uh, four goals. Michael Dubry, Mark Hughes, Gavin Peacock, Johnny Spencer. The the lineup. This is brilliant. This takes you back. Kevin Hitchcock, Steve Clark, David Lee, Rodders, Michael Dubry, Dan Pet Rescue, Terry Phelan. Bloody hell. Was that, Rude Hullet. Was that Rude Hullet? Division 88? No, no. This is when we beat them in 96 in the FA Cup replay, 4 1. Right? So you go Kevin Hitchcock in goal, Steve Clark, David Lee, Michael Dubry, Dan Pat Rescue, Terry Phelan, Rude Hullet. Gavin, I wonder what he made of playing Grimsby. Gavin Peacock, Dennis Wise, Mark Hughes, Johnny Spencer. What an absolute star he was. But there you go. Now, Grimsby. Uh, for those of you who've never heard of them before, they're in League Two, so that's in Old Money Division Four. So the short of it is they're not very good. Uh, and recently, um, they've actually what have they done? Not a lot, really. I did actually have all their matches listed. I seem to have uh, 
somehow. Oh, I know. They're, 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 there we go. Yeah. Um. They're, well, they're ninth in Division Two, uh, League Two. Uh, they've won four, drawn three, lost three. So yeah, they're kind of mid-table Division Two. If we lose to this lot, it will be unconscionable. I think that's the bottom line. So that having been said, Marco, what's your prediction? Four nil to Grimsby. Uh, I think we will win. And we will keep a clean sheet for the first time. Yeah, let's hope so. I'm back you on that one. JK? 5-1. 5-1. I think okay. they'll score They'll score a, a, a consolation goal in the last minute or they'll score the first goal and create panic and then we'll just take them to the cleaners. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I think I'm right in saying there's no VAR for this. Am I right? Well, there was VAR in the Caribou last year because uh, I think I'm sure there was. Arsenal seems to bring them. We've had it in the Caribou before, so I, I don't know is the answer. But I suspect if there is, if there is VAR, um, it will be Grimsby who benefit from it. Anyway, enough of me bitching about VAR. <laughs> right, I've got some uh, parish notices for you people. Um, right, a very important announcement. Um, I've sat on this for a while for various reasons, so a lot of you might already know about this, but uh, my good chums on the uh, Chelsea Supporters Trust, Cliff Auger in particular, and the lovely, ever so lovely, Marco would agree, Mark Meehan, who, of course, some of you may remember from the Chelsea Independent days, and he's written a few Chelsea books as well. He's an absolutely lovely bloke. Um, he's really behind this and, and inspired very much by Ray Wilkins, the dear, uh, much-lamented... Uh, Ray Wilkins, of course, when he died, uh, there was a, a piece on the radio about some homeless guy who who Ray had uh, not just, you know, chucked a bit of money at, but he sat down and talked to him for about 20 minutes, half an hour, took him off, got him, got him a hot meal and gave him enough money to go and get a bed for the night. And the bloke phoned up and, and told us all about it and told us what most of us already knew anyway, which is Ray was a hell of a bloke. Um, so in part, it's been inspired by this, actually. But the trust, with the backing of the club have planned a charity sleepout in November in aid of two local homeless charities. One is the Oswald Stoll and the other is, I think it's Glass House or something like that. But they're homeless charities and it is the Big Stamford Bridge Sleepout. And it's a unique opportunity for fans to volunteer to sleep out at Stamford Bridge for the night and raise money through sponsorship. Uh, and it's open to anybody who is a season ticket holder or a member, but you have to be a season ticket holder or a member because the club are like that. Uh, full details of this can be found at the Trust website and Facebook page, and I think Twitter as well, actually. And uh, you'll be able to sign up, and full instructions will be given to create your own online giving page so you don't have to collect the money yourself. Uh, so it's great stuff. Or as I like to think of it, spend the night sleeping with your favourite Chelsea fans. Uh, and uh, on that note, I myself, if that's not an incentive for you, I don't know what is, I myself will be taking part armed with a cardboard box and a sleeping bag, and I would be absolutely honoured. Not only, I mean, number one, if you're able to, get involved. Uh, there's plenty of spaces left, as I as I understand it. Like, there is a limit on numbers. The club have limited that. Uh, but I, about 50 of us doing it so far. Yeah, I think, I think the limit's 100. I'm not sure. But anyway, get involved if you want to. It's a fantastic... Uh, it'll be great fun, because there'll be loads of us there. It'll be a real giggle. Uh, and, and it's for a fantastic cause um, and uh, so number one you actually do it or if you can't do it then sponsor everybody who is uh, and I myself will be taking part I would be absolutely honoured if you would sponsor me you lot out there uh, and, you're, and I mean bear in mind I should just put this in context right this is I am really going the extra mile here 
you know, I used to go to festivals when I was a kid, you know, Glastonbury and all of that, uh, when you're supposed to go out and sleep in tents and stuff and rough it a bit. Uh, I, I, at the age of 18, 19, 20, 21, I refused to sleep in a tent in a, in a, in the, in a field in, in Somerset. I would sleep in people's cars. So uh, disliking am I of roughing it. So for me to sleep in a sleeper bag on a load of cardboard on a very cold uh, east stand floor uh, is going above and beyond the call of duty. And I have a very, very bad back, which means I have to have a, an orthopedic bed, an orthopedic pillow, and even a bloody knee support these days. So, uh, and, and just to add insult to injury, there's a very good chance I might be doing the Love Sport Radio breakfast show, which kicks off at eight in the morning, having probably not had a shower and probably not had any sleep. So I'm really going the extra mile here. Now, I, I don't mean to be begging or pleading too much, but I just want you to know that I'm putting myself through something. But, and here's the interesting and most important point, I will be putting myself through nothing compared to what so many rough sleepers and homeless people have to endure every fucking night in London. So I think just for that... And for Ray, I'm absolutely delighted to be involved with this. So do help us out. Go and sponsor me. You can find my donation page at uk.virginmoneygiving.com forward slash David Chidgy. And I shall be whacking that out on uh, Twitter and Facebook very uh, shortly. So you can hopefully, you know, contribute a few pennies to the cause. Please give generously. It's a worthwhile cause. Um, And the other thing I I, I would say uh, on on this, I've completely forgotten what I was going to say. So I'm, oh, I know what I was going to say. It's quite special for me. I mean, nearly every week I, you know, promote, highlight, plug all sorts of other people's efforts for charity. uh, And it's really kind of weird for me to be doing it for me for a change. So there you go. Just leave that thought with you. Uh, Right. uh, Any comment on that, boys, before I move on? I never realised that you uh, hated sleeping rough in the same way that I do. Chid. Yeah, I don't mean rough. I mean sleeping in tents and on the floor. Yeah. And yeah. and uh, I'm afraid when I was 11 and I was in the uh, uh, the Cubs, we had an evening out um, in some some um, Palewell Park or somewhere. I can't remember where exactly. No, it wouldn't have been there. That was in that was in uh, Sheen. No, somewhere. You know, some some jamboree area and. Uh, I managed to get three hours sleep, and uh, people were playing farting contests, and uh, <laughs> uh, and I'm afraid it was it was something that my sense sensibilities couldn't deal with, and so I had a rather convenient asthma attack, and my dad came and collected me, and uh, I've never ever slept in a tent since, and I'm a bit of a weed that way, but like yeah. you, uh, offered a car, yeah, I'll keep in a car, no problem, yeah, at all. no problem at all, yeah. no, that was that was you know we we just didn't we we need our butlers with us, Jonathan, that's we the thing. Do. So there you go. So there you go, Marco. Any anything to add? You coming along? Yeah, no, I'm doing it. I've got, uh, I've got. I'll have to pass a fitness test because I'm going under the surgeon's knife on uh, the 15th of October. So hopefully, if that goes all right, um, I'll, I'll be there. It's, it's on, on on my back. So you're you're nothing serious, I hope. I know, I know. I've got, I've got a, I've got an unwanted visitor growing. Um, a bit of a bone, a bit of bone growing. A bit of ganglion, I think it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll be all right. It's oh, laser no, stuff, mate. Yeah, yeah. But it's a bit of an incision required. Sorry. No, you poor old thing. Yeah. I didn't know that. There we go. So there we go. With a bit of good luck, you get to sleep with me and Marco. What more could you want? In the you same know? bag. 
in the same bag. There'll be plenty of room. I, well, I've lost so much weight. There's bound to be now. But I've actually got to... I mean, just to underline this, I've actually got to go and buy myself a bloody sleeping bag. I don't actually own one, but there you go. Anyway, moving swiftly along, uh, there's another great event happening uh, around the same time, actually. And this is our dear, dear, dear friend, Paul Cannaville. Uh, and of course, as you know, we... Um, you know, Paul Cannaville Foundation is our kind of chosen... Uh, Chelsea Fancast charity to support really Paul does really really good work with the foundation helping a lot of underprivileged kids kids that are caught up in gang crime he gets them out of that and knife crime and of course he's a, an absolute Trojan uh, when it comes to fighting the fight against racism as well uh, and we love Paul we're going to have him on the show actually fairly soon on the Love Sports show I have decreed um, but um, he came in before Hollins into the uh, into Aussies on Saturday and uh, did he now yeah, and uh, you forget what an enormous guy he is. God, yeah, he's, a, he's, he's lovely, isn't he, Paul? But what a oh. sweet man. What a sweet man he is. He he's is lovely. He so needs a new knee, doesn't he? He was on the yeah. way to the stall and uh, yes. on the stick. Uh, was he? I didn't realise his yeah, knee was playing yeah, up again. He's he's always having trouble with that. You see, this is the thing with these ex-footballers from the 80s. All their knees have gone because they, they got injured and they played through it. Bless them. Anyway. The Let's Talk Show and Venus Promotion presents a Black History Month special. An evening with Paul Cannaville, Chelsea's first black footballer. Oh, it's Paul Cannaville! Chelsea have done it! Now a motivational speaker and youth coach. Come and watch his powerful and moving documentary. And I heard this abuse. It's only when I turned around and see that it was my own fan. Wow, I was more deep in shock. I just didn't want to be on the page. I just want to come off. Find out how he fought racism, drugs and cancer on Saturday the 19th of October, 7pm until 10pm at the State Club, Collindale, 16 to 18 Charcot Road, London W9, 5WU. Patricia Wharton and Omarwell interviews Paul Caterpill. Tickets £15 available from Eventbrite. Get your tickets now. Our mission is to inspire and equip young people to overcome challenges. An evening with Paul Caterpill, Chelsea's first footballer. Come and watch his powerful documentary. Saturday the 19th of October at the State Club, Collindale, London NW. Paul has got a great event where you can watch the documentary that was made about him and you can have a Q&A with him and you can get copies of his biography signed. Tickets are 15 quid and it's at the Stay Club Collindale, Charcot Road, London, NW9 5 WU and it's uh, 7 till 10pm and being an absolute plonker I've omitted uh, to... uh, find out what what date it is like an idiot it is it is the 19th saturday the 19th of october 2019 so uh get on that and you want to get the tickets uh you go to where do you go it doesn't say paul it doesn't say don't worry i'll shove this up on twitter and uh and i'm sure there'll be uh somewhere it says where I, where you can get the tickets from here we go Ah, oh, tickets 15 right, event bright there you go same place actually as you get the uh tickets for the uh thing i'm doing yeah go to Eventbrite. just chuck in an evening with paul cannaville that'll take you there so there you go i commend that to everybody who can particularly those of you who live in north london uh, although i'd feel sorry for you for doing that but uh, no offense anyway so there you go uh, and i shall shove that up on twitter and facebook and everything else so you'll know about it and very very quickly patreon the lovely people of patreon i've got a nice surprise for you which i will message you all uh, sooner or later so you know what that news is but if you do like what we do you can become a Chelsea Fancast patron and that helps us cover the costs of running 
the shows that we do and hopefully continue to produce what we believe is rather lovely. Uh, now, please feel free to donate whatever you want per show or per month. There's no pressure with this. You, 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 you know, you do or you don't. It's it's absolutely up to you. If you do, fantastic. We love you to pieces. But if you don't, no, you know, there's no shame in it at all. So there we go. Anyway, go to patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. Uh, if you do become a Patreon, I'm always trying to think of things that I can offer you that are a little bit special and unique. Um, I mean, Jonathan and I were thinking of uh, posting the videos that he and I record after the game just for Patreon members, but I decided that we like you too much. Isn't that right, Jonathan? Yes. Yeah, they can have whatever we put up. We don't care. No, I was saying that we like them too much, so we won't put it up there. And we're not going to put it up at all then? Oh, okay, I'll just keep it for myself. No, no, no just no, we won't put it up for the Patreon members because we like them. That, no, it's, it's a joke. Jesus. Um, anyway... <laughs> I didn't get it at all. Ah. Yeah, yeah, very good. Uh, anyway, we, we, you know, mes- you can message me on there. You can get questions on the show by doing that, and I'll try and keep you abreast of things that we're doing before anybody else gets to know. And there is a special message going out this week. I, I'm not going to tell you any more, but uh, you'll be getting it this week, and you'll be very happy. So there you go. Uh, thank you to all of those who've joined recently, and I, I owe you all a message, which I'll get on with too. Uh, the Supporters Trust, uh, you had a mention with the old big sleep out. Uh, join it, get your voice heard by the club, free to join up to be a member. If you want to have a badge and be able to vote and attend meetings, then it's five quid a year. Your subs, uh, sign up at supporters, ChelseaSupportersTrust.com uh, and follow them on Twitter, at Chelsea S Trust. And of course, it would be very remiss of me not to mention in the same breath the Chelsea pitch owners, whose aim, of course, is to uh, protect... Uh, the idea of football being played at Stamford Bridge forever and ever and ever, and they do that by owning the freehold of the ground, which is rather important. Uh, and you can buy a share in that, and you can own a piece of the ground, and that means that we'll always play football there, and it can't be sold to a rapacious property developer or whatever. Anyway, info at ChelseaPitchOwners.com or ChelseaFC.com forward slash fans forward slash Chelsea hyphen pitch hyphen owners. Follow them on Twitter at PitchOwners. The shares are about 30, 40 quid, so they've come down a lot. Uh, recently so there you go get on it people right part four we've got 11 11 emails good god i hope these two guys aren't tired and need to go to bed uh 11 emails uh from you the loyal chelsea fancast listeners god help me and jk and marco real fans real opinions i'm jason cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Right, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... Right, uh, welcome back, I'm Stanford Chidge. You're listening to the Chelsea Fancast, of course, with Mr Mark Worrell. Buonasera! And uh, Mr... Monsieur... Monsieur Jonathan Kidd. Bonjour. Indeed. Uh, very quickly before we get into emails, kind of a live one. Uh, Claire Connell, a badge. Someone broadcasting as we speak promised me a badge. Well, I, I, the, the, right. Basically, Claire, email membership at ChelseaSupportersTrust.com uh, and you'll get to Paul Hay, who will probably be listening to the show because Paul listens, and he will organise a badge. Uh, because if you're a member and you've paid up, you have a badge. It's that simple. So... Uh, you know, membership at ChelseaSupportersTrust.com and Paul is the membership secretary and he will organise that for you. It's pointless having me responsible for anything like that because, as you know, Claire, uh, I haven't even managed to remember to give Jonathan the uh, team sheet thing that you that your lovely husband designed for, well, designed and, and gave for me to give to Jonathan. Isn't that right, Jonathan? Yes, I haven't had it yet. 
I did bring it on Saturday, and then I left on Sunday. I left it in the car. Fair enough. I left it in the car. I know, like like a twat. But there you go. Right. Uh, Marco's warming up on the old xylophone. I'll cue him in when when he is required in that capacity. (laughs) But until then... Uh, we've got an email. Uh, I think Ashley Greg is on a hat trick. This is Greg Droney from Australia. He says, "Hello, Chidge and J.K. I promise after this email, I will leave you all alone and become a passive listener." No, don't do that. But I'm so happy I've discovered such a fabulous program with like-minded, intelligent hosts. Uh, well, what? What? You can't be listening to this podcast, J.K. Anyway, I just want to. I, I just want to jump in there and participate. Uh, you sought suggestions on a new segment that you wish to do regularly. Hmm. My suggestion is meetings with ex-players who have worn the Chelsea kit. Living in Oz, my stories are not numerous, but here we go. The first one was when we were staying at the Millennium and Copthorne Hotel at the bridge. My wife and I were waiting for a lift. The door, the lift door opened and I was excited to discover that Pat Nevin was inside. I read this the first time, Jonathan. I was excited to discover Pat Nevin was inside like a dick. But then ah. I realised that there was a full stop. So it's, I, was just, I was excited to discover that Pat Nevin was inside. Full stop. Like a dick, I shouted Pat and pointed to him in case he didn't know his name. He looked very concerned when this lunatic, that's me, charged into the lift and according to my wife shouted again to him, After Ray Wilkins, you were my favourite player when I was a kid. Uh, it doesn't matter that I'm two years older than Pat. He was very gracious, and my wife took photos of Pat with his new best friend. The second meeting I had was when we went to dinner at William and David Louise's restaurant in Mayfair. My wife had contacted the establishment and politely asked if David or William would be on, in on the night. We were there to eat and was told that there was a chance that David might be there, or David might be there. We had a lovely dinner, and we were finishing uh, with no sign of either player. Disappointed but understanding, we asked for the bill. The maitre d' said we could not leave as David was coming to see us now. After another 10 to 15 minutes, David showed and then spent some time with us chatting about Australia and Brazil, not Arsenal, and walked us to the door. Only downside, he didn't offer to waive the payment of the bill. Good stuff. Uh, Once again, my sincere thanks for a great show. Oh, and one more thing, Chidge. What is the name of your blog? As I would love to read it. Best wishes from Toowoomba. Greg uh, Droney, who promises not to bother you for a while. Uh, Greg, I write a blog once a week, uh, which occasionally Football London remember to publish, but it's football.london or Chelsea Football London News or whatever they call it. But uh, just keep an eye eye on my Facebook. Uh, And actually, they've got an app, I think. Um, Go and get the the, the football.london app and... uh, uh, and I th- and then follow the Chelsea bit, and you'll you'll get them and all their other stuff. It's really good, actually. Ollie Harbord's quite often on the show, and he's a lovely lad, isn't he, Mar- uh, uh, Jonathan? And very knowledgeable. Absolutely fantastic. Good, yeah. So there you go. Check it out there. But I always I always tweet them and Facebook them out, so it's they're, they're not hard to find. Uh, but thank you for showing interest in reading them. Uh, J.K., we have an email for you. And, and Greg, uh, bother us as much as you like, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Don't uh, don't hold back. It's great. Can contact us. Fantastic. Um, I wonder what what they do now with David and uh, in the restaurant. David, Louise, and William. Do they? Does he have Arsenal fans coming in, or are they not part? Who knows? Who Actually, knows? you just reminded me. You know, Greg asked about the other. I also write, of course, for CFC UK, which comes out once a month and is only a pound. As does Marco. And uh, Mark and loads of other people we know actually that are on the show. Dean writes for it. Clayton writes for it. Brilliant, isn't it, Marco? It's the best. And it's only one pound. And uh, you can get it digitally, can't you? You can. I think. Yeah. Yeah. 
cfcuk.net i think isn't it yeah or any inquiries subscriptions uh any information required about it cfcuk at gate17.co.uk there you go so it's kind of still part of the gate 17 empire greg so how about that anyway jonathan um this is from alan smith uh, not um, not the Alan Smith. Not the Alan Smith who used to play for Arsenal and Leicester. Nah, not him. No. Uh, not going to send you a sound file of it because you've done me no harm. But to the tune of Bowie's Space Oddity. <laughs> Can I try and sing along with it? Mason Mountain. The Mount is blue and, and there's, there's nothing, nothing wolves, wolves can, can do. Spurs, or Spurs or the Reds or the or, Reds, or, the, 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 or whoever can be stuffed in there in here. Can we try it again? One more. Yeah. <laughs> Mason Mount is blue and, and there's, there's nothing, nothing wolves can do. I quite like that, you know. I tell you what, you know, that's got Marco's name all over it. That's the, exactly the kind of thing Mark, Marco would come up. I reckon, mate, that's, that's got your name on it. I'm just looking further down. Okay. We'll move on. Don't prepare. Uh, don't, don't prepare. Don't give us it yet. Don't give us it yet. We'll... There's another one. I'm There's another thinking, one in a minute. I, I'd love to do that Mason Mount is blue and then nothing wolves can do or whatever. But then actually do the next bit as well. You do that. Because they'd think you were completely barking. But. I do wish some of these would take off because they're so fantastic. Some of these well, there's more. Ideas. There's more. Marco, hold oh, it. No, I know, I know, but it's such a shame they just don't. Um, they, they, you know, we we talk about them, and they, you know, I think they started singing uh, rather than singing Angolo Canti's song at the weekend. They started singing, uh, um, oh, Canti, 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 or some other version rather than I know, you know, I the, know. the gold version. I thought the gold version had taken over. I thought that was really clever. But, Angolo, no. Valerie's is can't tell you what school you got. What? Valerie's is very good. Well, let's get on to it. Uh, Chidge, uh, he says hello all at the fancast. I am a long, I'm a long time Chelsea supporter. This is sorry, by, by the way, this is from Valerie Kyriakopoulos. Kyriakopoulos, Marco, can it for a minute? Kyriakopoulos. Valerie Kyriakopoulos. Kyriakopoulos. I'm shit at these names. Anyway, I am the. Al- uh, I'm, the Al- I'm the Alan Brazil of podcasters. Anyway, uh, I know uh, Valerie because he, he tweeted me and asked the email address. I've been waiting for this for a while. And he says, hello all at the Fancast. I'm a long-time Chelsea supporter and a long-time Fancast listener here in Chicago. I heard the latest offering this morning on my way to work, my regular Tuesday thing for a long commute. Uh, and lo and behold, you were talking about two new songs for Tammy. I came up with this on Saturday before the Wolves match and I thought I'd share Tune, Sugar Sugar by the Archies, 1969. Marco, hold it. One for the old folks, of which I am a member. Oh, good man, like me. I was four when this song released. You're the same age as me. Fantastic, Valerie. Young people, look it up. Right, uh, I'm going to let Marco have a stab at this, and then Jonathan and I will rescue it. Sorry, we'll, we'll join in. <laughs> uh, 
brilliant, Marco. You, you, you've made English Dan a very happy man, and we've only lost about half of the listeners that were listening about 10 minutes ago, but well done. Right, Jonathan and Marco, by all means, join in. Jonathan, a one, a two, a one, two, three. I'll follow you, all right? Tammy, Tammy. Tammy, la, 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 la. Oh, Tammy, Tammy, la, 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 la. He's our number nine. And we love to watch him score. You know what? I think that's pretty good. I think that's better than the the the, uh, the um the David Bowie one I did. But no, it was T Rex I did, wasn't it? Well, you know what? Do you know what Ron calls him? What? Tammy Winnett. Oh, well, Ron's a dick from Millwall. <laughs> um, I'd, Marco would have been proud. It's a shame he wasn't on the show last week because I did that. I did uh, Tammy Abraham to Telegram Sam, mate. Oh. Tammy Abraham, you're my main man. There you go. <laughs> to be fair, Chid, you did come up with Stand By Your Tam. Ooh, oh. ooh, ooh. He should go back to the den, mate. Uh, but I, I, that was a collaboration with Walter Rotten one late night on a Saturday after we beat Wolves. But me and Walter were WhatsApping us. I came up with the Tammy Abraham to Telegram sandwich, I think is a goer, but nobody sang it. Anyway, we did such a bad job of singing it last week, Jonathan. I'm, Actually, I'm not surprised. I what? Did, did Walter the other night, he, he WhatsApped me a tune. As, mm. We played it. Oh, you played it. We played it. We played it on here. We had a real, we had a bit of a kind of uh, Eurovision song contest, but for Chelsea songs, it was great. Anyway, uh, Valerie finishes up. Good work, Valerie. I like that. He says, thanks for doing such great work every week on the fan cast and with the Love Sports Show as well. And for helping to keep us here in the US, a part of the Chelsea family. I wish I could see my beloved Chelsea at the bridge, but since I'm not independently wealthy, you provide the next best thing. I'm sorry about that, mate. Keep the blue flag flying high. Cheers, Valerie Kyriakopoulos close but probably no cigar jonathan this is from william clayforth hello chidge and the gang this is probably going to be a bit longer than your usual emails so if you don't fancy reading i completely understand okay william i'm off Ah, just pretending i have a few things i'd like to say so here we go firstly is an introduction of myself my name is william clayforth 21 years of age i'm a chelsea fan from leeds Please don't hate me. I'm so- oh, well done. Good on you, mate. I'm sorry, William. I, I must. It's in my my genes. <laughs> sorry. Bad boy. Secondly, I'd like to talk about the first Champions League game versus Valencia. This game was thrilling, but on the other hand, extremely stressful. Team selection was spot on for the starting lineup. We looked exciting and creative once again. Then it happened. The challenge on our beloved Mason Mount, which should have been sent off, of course. The game started to go south after this point aside. A few glimpses of quality that kept me hoping we could get something from this game. We have to talk about the players on the pitch. The defence, all in all, a superb performance, with Tomori being the standout player. Alonso and Dave, both too slow and cannot provide adequate crosses into the box, and both lack defensively. I'm not seeing that's very superb, William. In my opinion, the midfield looked electric once again, aside a few misplaced passes. Mount and Abraham were as good as ever, until Mount was subbed for Pedro. William looked excellent on the ball, showed his worth, but... Yes, there's a but to William. Both William and Pedro gave Tammy the Murata treatment. Selfish on the ball, wanting to take the glory for themselves. Poor service for our man up front. The only service Tammy had was from the two players with the worst crossing ability on the field, Alonso 
Dave. I thought Alonso crossed very well against Liverpool, but never mind. Um, for me, taking Zoom, for me taking Zuma off and bringing on Giroud was a tactical stroke of genius, but it unfortunately didn't work out to our benefit. Next, our captain Dave. I appreciate his services over the time he's been with us, but I think his time has come. <gasps> the captaincy needs to be given to either Rudiger or Jorginho. He has no presence or authority on the pitch, as we've seen in the past with the Kepper incident, and now the penalty. A proper leader on the pitch would have stepped up and diffused the situation. Finally, the penalty itself. Why Barkley? To me, he has no technical ability when it comes to shooting, just raw power. He tried to roof the net with the penalty with the strength available to him. Thirdly, I'd love to be able to visit the bridge on match day to watch our amazing blues. Any help acquiring a ticket would be greatly appreciated. I was recently in London from the 15th of September to the 17th. I got the coach back from London to Leeds during the game and it was a blast watching the hordes of Chelsea fans travelling through Earls Court Underground Station as that's the station I was staying closest to. It was also quite depressing seeing all these fans going to watch our team and knowing that I'm not able to join them. Hopefully, I'll make it to the bridge for a few games in the future. And to finish this email off, here's a little video of me walking out of the tunnel onto the pitch on the stadium tour. P.S. Walking out gave me intense goosebumps. Thanks for reading if you made it this far. Love the podcast. Look forward to meeting you all one day in the future. Up the Chels. So, Chidge, have you got the vid? Have you been, you've got the vid somewhere? Uh, yeah, but you, it's a podcast, mate. I know, I know, but I just wondered if you could play the sound, you know. No, I, I, I didn't. I didn't. And know then I, I could do the voiceover for it. I could say, "And here's William coming out onto the pitch, and look, there he is. He's bowing, resplendent the in chair. a Chelsea kit, resplendent, yes, and he's with his orb. to the Matthew Harding, and he's he's <laughs> laying on the floor, genuflecting. That you can't genuflect and lay on the floor, but kissing the pitch to yes, to to Aussies, to Aussies. Uh, hospitality area and uh, he's now he's now looking up at the west stand and oh there's there's roman saying hello and <laughs> brilliant mate that's fair. i'm sorry very remiss of me i should have let you see the video um william what a brilliant email mate and uh, uh lovely to have a, a, a relatively young young lad young man uh, writing into the fan cast and uh, yeah mate get down here and just just you know where you know how to go hold of me now you've emailed me so you know where i am uh, I can't promise, but I might know a man who knows a man who knows a man who might have a ticket. So just give us a shout if you're coming down and we'll see what we can do. Isn't that right, Marco? Uh, can I sing my Pulisic song? Yes, you can after this, because we've had a late run from Planet Earth is Blue, no less. I mean, who better to add to the glorious uh, Mason Mount is Blue and there's nothing you can... No, he, uh, there's nothing Wolves can do. He, he's loved it. He says, Mason Mount is Blue and there's nothing I can do. So that doesn't really solve anything, does it? Can I just say that, that, that poor old William, of seeing all the Chelsea fans going through Elf's mm. Court and, and loving it, I, you just think, you poor bloke, you poor man. Oh, dear. If only you got a ticket for that game. What a shame. Well, I know. Get down there again, William. Let us know. We'll try and sort you out with a ticket. I'm sure we can find somebody who's got a spare. Anyway, uh, right. Email of the week. I don't know whether this really is email of the week. because I didn't cut and paste it to the one that I think is the... It may well be. I'm going to leave the mystery to you. You decide. You, the listener, decide. Vote. Vote after this email for your email of the week. Anyway, enough stupidity from me. Um, okay, so it's from Alan Conway. 
And he says, hello, Chidge and the rest of the gang. Uh, just wanted to start off by thanking you all for everything you do each week on... The, yes, definitely the email of the week. Uh, for everything you do each week on the Fancast. It's the highlight of my week, and I look forward to tuning in on the podcast version as soon as it's out. Uh, whether it be to celebrate a good win or hearing the voices of reason when we have lost, rather than the knee-jerking. Are you sure it's just knee-jerking, Alan? But anyway, from other outlets or the media... Uh, I used to speak with you, Chidge, quite a bit a couple of years back on Twitter and always enjoyed our conversations. I remember them, Alan. Uh, sadly, I was driven away from that, sh- uh, from that site by trolls a while ago while sticking up, for the, uh, sticking up and battling the anti-Cahill brigade. So I decided to just delete my account instead of blocking such awful accounts. Fair play, Alan. Uh, I really enjoy watching the Chelsea this season under Super Frank and seeing finally homegrown players given a deserved chance. Uh, regardless of the results this once again feels like my Chelsea with so many backroom staff being heroes here and having one of our own in the dugout I feel Frank deserves more credit from the media than he's currently getting with the fact he's blooding young English players which is something Chelsea managers haven't done in recent history for various reasons not only will this benefit Chelsea but also the English national team too one could say it might be the other way around in a sense anyway Chelsea homegrown, uh, homegrown players are like London buses eh you wait 20 years for one to break through and then six come along at once Really exciting times are ahead, and I, for one, am excited for the future. I wanted to ask you all a question. Ooh. Uh, We often talk a lot about who our favourite players from years gone by are, and who were the absolute best. But I wanted to ask you all who the players were you had a soft spot for that perhaps have been forgotten about or were unsung heroes. Dan Pet Rescue is my all-time favourite Chelsea player, so I've got a thing for right-backs. So I've always loved Albert Ferrer, Mario Melchior. Also, also, wait, wait, should also further forward. I thought Biani Goldback was superb for us, and remember a cracker he scored against Tottenham at their place back in 1999, I believe. Absolutely. Anyway, guys, thanks once again for bringing us the best Chelsea podcast every week. Love you all, and keep up the good work. P.S. I'd be honoured to have this email on the website. Kind regards, Alan Conway. Marco, uh, that's a great question. Um, who would your who would who who do you have a soft spot for that perhaps has been forgotten or were unsung heroes? Um, I would say somebody like Frank Sinclair uh, from the nineties, maybe. Um, I got mentioned earlier. I used to like Rodders, David Lee. Thought he was a good player for us. Um, I don't know, sort of more recently, be more interesting, wouldn't it? He's kind of dropped off the radar. Paolo Ferreira. Yeah, well, we see him at the stall quite. Yeah, true enough. Um, do you know? Do you know? My, if I had to choose one, uh, and I mean, I could choose loads from the from the eighties and the nineties. I know, and we could be here all night. But Mario Stanic. Oh yeah, dude. Na 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 Stanic. Stanich, um, I used to love him. Cruelly robbed from a through an injury, I believe, but I loved him. He was brilliant. Uh, Jonathan, I thought he was uh, never as good as his opening goal. Yeah, yeah but what an opening goal! Um, yeah, um, uh, Johnny Spencer was one of my favourite players from from that period, who I felt got a bit because um, um, he was so short and people were a bit critical of him, but he never stopped running. Um, mm. uh, and also, uh, Mickey Thomas, as I keep mentioning, was yeah. absolutely brilliant. 
good shout. He didn't stay long enough, unfortunately. No. And, I mean, Mar- Mario Stanich, just to pick up on Mario Stanich, the, uh, uh, the other reason, I mean, okay, he scored that wonderful goal. What I used to like about him a lot was he used to kick people. And the other thing I liked about him, because you know me, I like players who kick people. Uh, but the other thing I liked about him, when he, when he had that injury which pretty much ended his career with us, he, you, you could often see him standing by the, the tunnel, not in the dugout, but by the tunnel in, in his, you know, civvies, you know, his casual gear, supporting the team from the touchline. I just loved his attitude, man. Proper old school footballer. Loved him. Sorry, I just had to get that in. You could actually uh, say Jake. Adrian Mutu for three games. No. No, it's a joke. It's a joke, Chidge. Good song, though. Good song. Don't remember it. We don't do coke like Adrian. Adrian Mutu, Mutu. <laughs> yes, he crossed cool. the ball in from the right or whatever it was, or from the left, and in it went off Reese's That's head. Why That's why we love. Ah, see, there we go. Solomon Kalu could be in there. Really, yeah. is a bit of an unsung hero. Oh, please, he? no, Chidge, please. No, okay. Thank you. Um, JK, email. This has got another song in it for Marco. Um, it's to the tune of Amore, yeah. Marco, just to get you primed and ready. Take it away, JK. Oh, hey. Jake Phillips. Hi, all. I've come up with a song for Tamori, which I've been perfecting in the car on the way to work. I don't want to brag, but it could be a banger for the stands. Whoa. You have to think Frank Sinatra's Amore. In fact, it was Dean Martin, actually. I'm sorry mm. to correct you. Mm. Um Fikayo intercepts, tackles up clearance head, that's tomorrow. T- tomorrow, sorry, tomorrow. <laughs> Let's start again. <laughs> Fikayo intercepts, tackles up clearance head, that's tomorrow. 30 yards, scores a goal, 1-0 up in control, we're in love. Fans will sing, Frank put him in, Frank put him in. Fick Tamori, he's our lad at the back, just as good in attack. That's our lad, Tamori. Very new to the pod and loving it, Jake. Well, keep sending them in, Jake, because I love singing them. Mate, you did a super... Jake, you did a superb job right that. Jonathan, that was the, the best performance you've ever done singing. Oh. That Pulisic song, eh? What about your Pulisic song? Dear Puli... Won't you come out to play, <laughs> dear Puli? It's a brand new day. The sun is up, Chelsea is blue. It's beautiful, and so, so are you, dear Puli. Won't you come out to play? <laughs> Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I don't think I've ever done a Chelsea fan cast where there have been so many musical interludes than tonight. And I'm going right back to the old days when we used to get very drunk and sing a lot. So well done, everybody. Marcus, right, That is absolutely fabulous, that one. Isn't it? Yeah, well done, Marco. I'm, I'll yeah. just try and sing it. I promise, if I sing these on my own, they all think I'm mad in the... In the uh... Now, OK, here's the thing, JK. Is yeah. it the Beatles version or the Susie and the Banshees version? Oh, no. Oh, good point. Good point, yeah. So me and Marco would say Susie, wouldn't we, Marco? Yeah, I would. Yeah. I wouldn't. Uh, I liked her though. No. I liked Hong Kong Garden. I thought that was my favourite of hers. Hong Kong Garden, Hong Kong. Remember that? It wasn't like that at all. Yeah, it wasn't like that at all, Chich. But I just yeah. felt like being enthusiastic. Chicken chow mein and chop suey is brilliant. Anyway, yeah. uh, okay, uh, another email. Bloody hell, we're kind of half. We're getting there. We're getting there. We'll be in bed by ten, I promise. Right, uh, this is from Dan. Th- ah, Dan Thorne, of course. He of the Melbourne Supporters Club. Uh, it says, "Hello, hello from Melbourne. Uh, I do hope this email finds you well. Uh, uh, as you are aware, 
watching Chelsea from Australia is a trial of time against age. The older you get, the harder it is to stay awake for a 1.30am kickoff. God blimey. Thus, I watched our last two games the morning after the night before. Without knowing the result, still meant I enjoyed the game in a sort of live way. Um, just as an interlude, actually, Dan, I did that for the 1997 FA Cup final because I went to St Lucia on holiday, which was very lovely. Or was it? Yeah, it was St Lucia. Uh, and I was away for the Cup final. Very bad planning on my part, I, I agree. So I it, dating it, I, VA, I recorded it on VHS uh, and uh, I came back home and I just dropped my bags and ran into the living room. I had no idea what the result was. I'd, I'd kept a media blackout and then I, I watched it back as live and then I watched it again. It was great. Anyway, the absolute joy in seeing a team evolve is palpable. Granted, we're going to have some teething issues, but nothing that with the right frame of mind cannot be overcome, especially by the fans and the board. Early games in the season saw certain players being questioned on their viability, but the Chicken Little Brigade seemed to have quietened down significantly in the last couple of weeks. Having just watched the Liverpool game, I thought Aspie looks like uh, getting back to his best. Alonso seemed to have his swagger back, and even Kurt, question of sport Zuma, looked like he has shaken off his what-happens-next style. That's a very good description. And played with assured authority and simplicity, especially coming on just before half-time. The team is getting their rhythm going now, and the kids are realising they don't have to be overawed of paying, playing in the big league. Tamori looks like he's been playing in the first team for years. What a game he had against Salah, especially after losing Emerson so early and having to rework the formation. The flexibility in midfield has made last year's metronomic pass and pass again seem but a fleeting memory. Both Jorginho and Kovacic are looking like the players they were hyped as, although a goal or three from them would be good. A question I do have is about William. Pundits and podcasters have spoken about how well he has played recently. I don't see it. The odd flash, yes, but not to the level we should expect from him throughout the game. Maybe this is another thing that needs time. Having an Eden-sized hole to fill, I would have thought he'd be all over it, but maybe that's just me. Uh, all that being said, the marking for Liverpool's second, yes, Alonso, I'm looking at you, was, as they say, a schoolboy error, and these errors need to be fixed, as Frank made very plain in his post-match presser. We were also lucky not to be three down early in the second half. Uh, it, if it wasn't for Kepper producing a fabulous, almost Benetti-style save from Firmino. Overall, we have a lot to be happy with. Keeping our heads up, these youth products have more backbone than they are getting credit for, I think. Being able to keep pressing all game, not just for 60 minutes, not getting into the Henderson mind games, not a phrase you'll hear very often. Um, but yeah, that's interesting, actually. Henderson's such a cock, oh, isn't he? Oh, God, what? Oh, idiots. I was constantly having a go at the ref. Why didn't the ref send him off? He booked it. Well, what about the Jorginho thing? I was screaming from Gate 17, uh, chaps, you know, fucking smack him one. I was. I went complete thug, thug friendly. Uh, you know, thug life because I just wanted I just wanted somebody to, to smack him one and spark him out. He would have deserved it. Anyway, uh, lost my place. There we go. Uh, and being on the front foot and having a couple of great chances late on. Ultimately, though, no points from this game, which is a concern. But we have to be prepared for this, especially with the top two being head and shoulders above the rest this season. This is truly a transition year, which we are well overdue and seem to be on the right path. Only time will tell if Frank is the right manager, coach, but so far so good. And to Jonathan's point, he is good with the PR side of the club. This brings me back to my opening paragraph. 
The team, the game and the Chels are back from last season's winter of discontent and worth staying up to watch live, so I will be getting the alarm clock or matchsticks out. I've attached a copy of the first Melbourne Chelsea newsletter for you both to have a look. And Eddie, any editorial hints would be great. Thank you. Keep the blue flag flying high. Dan Thorne, MCSC. Dan, I, I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I will. And I'll, I'll forward it to Jonathan unless you've already sent it to him. Great to hear from Dan, isn't it, JK? Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, good stuff, Dan. Great to hear from you. Love it from uh, around the world. Great stuff. You next. Hello, it's me, Jason Wyatt. Dear Chidge and the gang, my name is Jason. I've supported Chelsea all my life. I'm born and raised in the northeast in a little town called Consett, County Durham. My father was born in London. He brought me up supporting Chelsea, much to the displeasure of my friends and mother's side of the family, who are all massive Newcastle fans. Well, you would be if you're living up there, I suppose. I have been long branded a glory seeker, mainly because Roman took over in 2003 when I was seven years old, just at the time I started to really get into football. Living up here in the northeast and being the only Chelsea fan I know can be really difficult sometimes, as long as you don't wear your shirt, mate. Not having anyone to chat to about the matches apart from my old man. I discovered your podcast about two years ago, and it, honest, it is honestly my favourite part of the week. Some of the amazing guests you get on have so much knowledge of Chelsea. It's just brilliant. And obviously listening to the weird and wonderful JK <laughs> whilst Chidge tries to control the mayhem is hilarious. Anyway, thank you very much. Jason. Anyway, let's talk Chelsea versus Liverpool. I've mixed emotions coming out of the game. First half wasn't great with some unfortunate injuries and again conceding from two set pieces and also some poor performances, especially from Alonso. I know he already gets a lot of stick. I'm not one for calling out a player for no reason. I support everyone in blue, but we all know Alonso just isn't a left back. However, the second half was brilliant. The team made me so proud going at Liverpool and we're unlucky not to get the draw. I'd also like to quickly talk about Tomori, who I think is absolutely fantastic. He had Salah in his pocket the whole game. I think he's going to be a massive player for Chelsea. Oh, and also, did anyone else see, see him clatter, that bastard Henderson? Absolutely yep. loved it. Anyway, sorry for rambling on. I'd love to hear what you think. Any, again, thanks for everything you do. Keep the blue flag flying high. Best regards, Jason Wyatt. Good for you, Jason, being in concert and supporting the Blues. Fantastic. Um, surrounded by black and white magpie stripes. Um, uh, yeah, but I agree. I thought Alonso was fantastic second half, though. Uh, and he's great attacking, but yeah, he's, he's not the he's not the great article defending, is he really? And uh, uh, as you say, Tamori, uh, absolutely brilliant. Brilliant. What do you think of Alonso, Marco? I uh, I think he's adaptable. I think his head's in the right place and I, I don't think he deserves uh, three quarters of the stick that he gets on um, social media, to be honest with you. Um, you know, you know. I think everyone knows his limitations, uh, but, you know, he came in and did a job, um, particularly in the second half yesterday. Uh, so yeah, I, you know, we're, we're short on that side, aren't we? You know, Emerson is another one that succumbed to the injury jinx. Um, he has to play. There's, there's, you know, unless 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 Frank seriously fiddles around with it, you know, and starts doing stuff like um, playing Aspie back on the left. Do you remember when that that, that was uh, Mourinho, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so it's doable, but I can't see it happening. 
I think the most important thing to remember about Marcus Alonso is he's got great hair, and, and that's very important. He runs down the wing for me. He does indeed. No, and it's for me. not for me. He runs down the wing it's for me. all of us. For me. No. Actually, no, he, he runs down the wing for all of us because we're all uh, obviously on the east side of the ground. Did you not? We hadn't thought about that before. We're uh, all on the east side of the ground. So, yeah, good. He runs. Yeah, Marcus, down the wing. Marcus, 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 Marcus runs down my wing for me. Okay, we'll leave it there. Um, all right, we've got another one. Another one. We've got three more to go. Anyway, this is difficult for me because it's another foreign name. This is from Norway. Arsmund Lövgren, I think. Very well done. Uh, I hope I'm not so bad with the Norwegians. It's, it's the other. I'm, I'm still getting stick from Love Sport about this every week. Mio Mio Jovovich. See, I got that almost right. Abamyang. Is that right? Yeah, Abamyang. Abamyang. Very good. Yeah. I always say Obamayang, and they don't like it. Anyway, hi Chigi and the gang. First of all, thanks for a highly entertaining podcast. Always a highlight of the week when Acast notifies me of a new episode dropping in. Now, this is written at the end of a disappointing week with two home losses on the spin against Valencia and Liverpool. And let's be frank, pun intended, results have not been good enough at home thus far. I've split my current thoughts of the situation in two. Concerns and positives. So let's get right on it. Uh, Concerns. Balance. Uh, There seems to be a pattern in most of our games of generally playing well, but struggling to create huge chances. Don't agree with that. Even yesterday, we only scored because of some stupid skill from the best midfielder in the world. All the while, our opponents seem to create fewer, but much better opportunities. I don't think it's a question of creating chances, Osmond. I think it's a question of finishing them off. And you're right, you know, our opponents don't have many chances, but they do finish them, whereas we create a lot of chances and don't finish them. Anyway, whether this is an issue with the midfield, defence or the entire team, I think it's fair to say that Frank, Jody, Joe haven't found the right balance yet. Defensive errors. I'm a bit disappointed in both Christensen and Zuma this season. Zuma looks generally shaky and lacks mobility and pace, while Christensen is too rash, as shown with Liverpool's first goal yesterday. Quite a fair point, I think. Defensive set plays. Honestly, just pick up your man. We're making this much harder than it needs to be. I expect the management team to address this ASAP. I think we addressed that earlier on. Injuries. Why do we pick up so many injuries during games? Does it have to do with training, bad luck, rushing back players or what? I wish I knew. Positives. Inexperience. Frank, Jody, Joe are inexperienced and are learning on the job. Being bright guys, you expect them to learn and evolve game by game. Youth. What frightening potential Mount Tammy and Tamori have shown thus far. Throw James uh, Hudson and Doyen Rubin in there just to top it off. Transfer ban. We will be able to sign players again at the latest in the summer of 2020. With the emergence of the youth... I have real hope we will stop wasting our money on squad players like Drinkwater and Zappacosta and instead go all out on a couple of world-class players. You were, uh, we, 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 you're of the same mind as we are, um, Osman. We were saying exactly the same thing. Returning players, boy, how we've missed Kante and Rudiger. Getting these two uh, back will mean the world to our inexperienced side. Our next fixtures are Grimsby, Brighton, Lille, Southampton and Newcastle. Win those five, which we should, and things will look a bit different. Uh, which is exactly what Marco was saying a minute ago. All in all, in two years' time, I have no doubt we'll be ahead of Liverpool if we keep at this project, such as the potential of our youth and, I think, of our management. Greetings from Norway. Keep the blue flying, uh, flag flying high. Kind regards. regards. Arsman, I went a bit Norwegian at the end there, but I mean, actually, I think we broadly agree with everything that, that um, Arsman said there, uh, Marco. You made some of the same points as we made, in fact. Exactly, yeah. Good stuff. Good work. 
Good work. Nice balanced email, actually. I like that because it's it's not all wine and roses, is it, JK? Can I just say that the yes, I think the Drinkwater and Zappa Costa signings, which keep being brought up, once again weren't a consequence of um, the club making a mistake, but with the problem with the manager at the time because he wasn't interested in playing any of the youth players, and if you remember, he disappeared during this period, and the club just wanted to buy some extra squad players and these were the two available so it, it's very easy to blame the board in this instance and i think we did waste our money but they were panicking because remember the story which i have had verified on several occasions was that he didn't agree with their policy of not wanting to buy um over 30 year olds only only offering a one-year contract and he disappeared turned his phone off and sulked and so for the transfer window they, the club made the decision to buy these two players. So there was no possibility of ever getting anybody from the youth team in, which, of course, would have been the best thing to have attempted to do at the time. So these oh, two yeah. players, I'm afraid, were affected by the politics, our purchase of these two, because neither of them was good enough to be in the side. There you go. Wiggy is a sulker. Wiggy is a sulker. La, 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 la. It's very good, Chich, but it wasn't actually a wig. It's a very complicated weave. Okay. Weaver is a sulker. Weaver is a sulker. La, 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 la. Ooh. Yeah. I like the ooh ooh very much. That's the best bit of the song I like, actually. The ooh. Okay. I thought you did that. Duly noted. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Andrew Davies. Hi, Chidge. Uh, Think I'm cutting this fine enough. I want this read out tonight. No, you're not, mate. Here we are. Or indeed at all, because I've just been listening to Fancast number 472. And I have to say, the first part is bonkers. From Gary Glitter and Jimmy Savile references, dovetailing nicely with the title of the show, The Kids Are All Right, Chidge liking Four Lines and JK, and, and Four Lines and JK and yourself blasting out your new Tammy songs, it's all a bit nuts. Well, you must, <laughs> if you think that was nuts, what do you think of this one? Yeah. I've had a really tough week personally, and you've really provided some much needed light in an otherwise dark seven days to which the football results haven't helped. Oh, that's very sweet of you. Thank you. Just wondered your take on Mourinho's comments yesterday, regardless of our attitude to losing and being in danger of not being a big club. I tend to think he has a point in the sense I think we need to make sure we don't get used to being the plucky losers. That's not going to happen. It's happened a few times this season United away, Liverpool in the Super Cup, and yesterday. One of the biggest factors in our success over the past 15 years or so has been that winning mentality i don't think it was having a pop at the club more a frank assessment of where this young side is at the moment all the best andrew i think we, we talked about that earlier as well I, th- I do like the fact everybody's coming up with uh, with things that we've we chat about it means that everybody's on the same uh, the same hymn book the same page or i or i nick their ideas oh chich don't say that did you oh, no it's not no. true no I, I don't do that i just want to pick up on on, the, on i mean first of all actually i'm really sorry to hear you've had a tough time the last week andrew and i and i do hope things are uh, improving for you or, or sorted out so sorry to hear that it's rough um yeah, on the uh, Mourinho thing, I think, you know, like somebody said earlier on, actually, Mourinho was just being Mourinho. And remember, he's in a television studio and he's being goaded into saying things. That's what it's, that's the name of the game. Um, but I, I do broadly agree. I I, I mean, you know, I, I don't think we, look, we're not going to end up being a small club because what Roman has done is he's launched us absolutely into always being a big club because a lot of things constitute being a big club. What we might become is a club that doesn't win much for the next two or three years. That's a very different thing. And what I would always say about that is that no club has a divine right to winning everything all the time. And I'm a great believer, and I suspect these two are as well, given their age, 
that football is a cyclical thing and you go through periods of great success followed by a few fallow periods. What you should aim to do is to try and even it out as much as you can because you don't want to get into a position like Liverpool have found themselves in, which is not winning the Premier League for 30 years or Man United did for not winning it for years and years and years. Arsenal, you know, in the same boat in, in many respects with the Premier League. But it's tough, you know, it's tough to stay at the top uh, and it requires great management from those that run the club and a strategy. What I do think, what I'm, I think we, I don't mean to speak for the boys on this, but I think what we're all seeing and what we're all hoping for is at long last, through happenstance, I think, rather than necessarily by design, but we're on the cusp of actually growing something organically with a lot of these young players who are good enough, given a fair run and a fair wind, to really be a powerhouse again down the line with a couple of world-class additions, as we were saying. Um, and it's a different way of us doing it, but I, I get it. It, it, it. You know, we don't want to fall behind. I happen to think, had we not changed and we keep trying, I don't think what we were doing was sustainable. I think we've been getting away with it for a long, long time. Um, and the, you know, the, if you look at the kind of players that we've accumulated over the last, I'd say, at least five years... It was a real bugger's muddle. You know, you look at why we can't defend set pieces. It's because we don't have any big players. They didn't think that one through, did they? And I think there's a lot of things like this that you can pick out. But broadly, I, I agree with what you're saying, Andrew. Jonathan? Yeah, completely, completely. I, I, actually, I think this. I think it's because the policy initially, wasn't it, was try, to try to create a mini Barcelona, which he was willing to bankroll. And, uh, um, but if you remember, even Mourinho in the very first season, uh, the second season, bought... Um, um, who was the very tall bon, blonde player? Um, Yarosic. Uh, yes, absolutely. Yes, in order to to deal with the with the Premier League, and I think I, I think you're absolutely right. We haven't uh, we haven't gone down that route of. Uh, it's muddled thinking that's yeah, been going on for the muddled. last five years. Well, it's been confused. Yeah. I think also because I think the the youth team um, coaches have said there isn't anybody good enough, uh, and and to some extent I think it's been borne out by some of them not managing not 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 you know some of the purchases they even um uh piazon recently we're talking about him saying he doesn't want to play for the club anymore well he he just hasn't been quite good enough even though he got the opportunity to play in the championship because you say the championship is a very good litmus test isn't it as to whether he wasn't even good enough for fulham no indeed 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 he wasn't um uh and and of course uh, the the boy who created all the furore originally over our transfer ban um uh, Kakuta, yeah, Kakuta, well done. Who uh, um, ne- was fantastic in the game he came on, a League Cup game he came on for, never ever played as well again. So mm. um, I-, I can understand it why it's difficult for the club because they've they the manager in at the time would have then said, well, none of these players is any good. I, I, let's buy some more. So you're bound to have this imbalance. But now is the perfect opportunity for this to uh, to evolve into something excellent, isn't it? Really, this is. This is the very fact that also we've had such success with the youth uh, in the past few years. So you've got the, the it, it, it would be foolish not to to. I was thinking of a, a, an image of a garden to to get the young, the get the young, um, not bulbs. But I'm trying to think of, a, of an image of flower. The flower. But I mean, the little, the little you know, shoots, the little shoots that we've got. Little acorns and all that. But the thing is, you know, here's the thing. And I think people need to wise up about this. These guys, this you know, the the the, the, um, the foundation of a really great side that we might have, they could be phenomenal and brilliant, but it's still 
doesn't give you the divine right to go and win, you know, FA Cups, Champions Leagues, Premier Leagues. It's really, really tough, you know. So you know, it, it might not, it might not work out, but we might get close anyway. And yet, Marco, we, got... we keep winning. We keep, you know, last year you'd have thought nothing would have been. Yeah, but we're, we're back to year zero now. I think that you know that's the thing. Last year was last. The that was the last uh, kind of hurrah of the old way of doing things. Um, and yes, we we got over the line, but we're in new territory now. It's a very different scenario. Marco, anything to add on that, old Bean? Not really. I mean, it was just sort of going back to the the point I made at the top of the show about you know this, this self entitlement thing, and um, you know the, the the world's moved on, and people are going to get angry about the situation that that Chelsea are in now um, because they think it's bad and we're becoming a mediocre club. You know, now now isn't the time to get angry. It was, you know, immediately after we won the Champions League and went backwards. Yeah, you know, totally. So that, that's where all the the, the, the roots of all the uh, the current malaise are. Um, you know, Lampard's come in. He's taken the job on. You know, it's as you say, it's, it's kind of ground zero. There's a, there's a big war chest waiting there to be spent sensibly, hopefully. Um, and, you know, let's go for it. It'd be interesting. I think it'd be interesting to see what happens if, if the Brexit thing is ever resolved, um, because my intel is that that, that is what's keeping um, Roman away. Uh, he's not going to do anything until that whole political morass is sorted out. Um, and then it'd be interesting to see if... Uh, you know the the the, the stadium um, development plans yeah. up again. You know, and, and we keep you know we get we're, we're back up there um, fighting for you know our right to party as one of the biggest clubs in 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 the country. I have to say, if yeah. La- if Labour get in, I think he'll be fated. Roman, he'll be offered a visa and everything. Uh, is that because Labour are all communists? Uh, funny you should say that, Judge. No, I didn't mean that. I just think it'll be, it'll be. Uh, They've got links with Russia, haven't they? There are, mind you, so are the Tories. The Tories. If, yeah, yeah. If what we read, if, if we believe what we read, okay, enough. No more politics. Uh, what is it that Ben Elton used to say on the Saturday Night Live? Do you remember that? Uh, controversial bit of politics. Controversial, uh, that's right. Controversial, controversial bit of politics. Yes. There yeah. you go. One for the teenagers. Right. Okay. Last email. Bloody hell. I almost feel like doing a drum roll. It's been so long. Uh, probably the, the definitely the record. We've broken the record tonight. Amazing. Well done for JK and Marco for sticking with it. And well done for you lot who, who've stuck with it. There's still quite a lot of people in Mixler. They must be mad. Anyway, this is the last one from the lovely Aniban Batachargi. Aniban Batachargi. Yeah. Anyway. Hi, Chidge. Sorry for the late email. I'm pretty sure you will discuss what I'm going to say in this message. If not, then this point might be relevant, I think. I was really annoyed about defending yesterday. After 24 hours, I think I've cooled down and I'm more objective now. I feel if we have a settled back four, we will iron out these problems with marking players during set pieces. We can't seem to catch a break with injuries at this point. Cheers, Anaban. I have you right there, Anaban. I think that, you know, all great sides are built on a great defence and you need consistency. I think whether you play a back three plus two wing backs or, uh, you know, back three straight five or a back four, it doesn't really matter what system you play. What matters is that, that they play consistently and regularly together. And I think that's the absolute foundation. And I don't think really Frank's had much of a chance to do that. We've had, you know, Emerson being injured. We've had uh, Christensen injured now. 
you know, there's been there's been and Rudiger's in and out. I mean, you know, it's not it's not helpful. Would you agree with that, Marco? Yeah, yeah. That, that I don't know. It's kind of is 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 it is it just bad luck the injury thing, or I just wonder if there's something going on on the conditioning side of it. Um, the players coming back too quickly. You know, I think the whole Kante thing would. All of his problems started with Sarri playing him too quickly, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, Emerson, did he really pass a fitness test? Really? Uh, you know, what sort of fitness test was it? I'm not so sure. Mm, um, that's a good point. JK? Uh, um, yes, it's... it's um... I remember Frank saying, remember Frank had, what is it, 186 games in a row. What did he have? What was his record? Oh, I don't remember, remember the number. I remember that. But his big thing was that, you know, the fitter you were, the, uh, the that, that was, um, uh, uh, who was the manager um, at the time? Um, uh, our great Italian manager, whose mind, uh, my mind is going blank today. A bit tired. Ancelotti. Ancelotti, yeah. I remember him saying um, that uh, if you were if you were fit enough, you didn't get injured. It was a kind of, and there was a kind of truth in that, in that Frank was very just avoided challenges all the time. And you wonder, I think, I think the problem is that they're very tired through trying to attempt to do his um, the the kind of uh, um, very pacey tactics that he's after. And it may be that they, they don't get into a rhythm of dealing with this until um, till the season's a bit uh, is a bit um, older. Um, mm. And it may be that because when they're tired, that's when the injuries come. Well, so all of that will be revealed. There you go. We are, we are at the end. Uh, thank you for all. Wow, thank you for all the emails this week. You've you've astounded me, and uh, you, you're brilliant. Well done. Uh, we do love getting them, as you know, and we'll always read them out. Unless there's like if there's like twenty, then I don't think that'll happen because it would be here for like four hours. It just would be crazy. I'd get divorced. Anyway, uh, if you do want to email us, uh, send it to chelseafancast at gmail.com and uh, try and get it to me by Monday morning. And that's a message for you, Aniban, and you, Andrew. I think Dan Thorne got under the wire. Osman was a late runner. I was in a, I was in a very good mood today, so I included them in. Um, the other thing is Dean Mears, uh, as you know, uh, wants, to, uh, wants me to publish these emails on the website because they're so good. I agree with him, but... I kind of need your permission to do so. So if you, um, I need you to say that you don't want me to publish it. Otherwise, I will publish them. All right. So you, you need to do that. Uh, right. That is all we've got time for this week. We'll be back next Monday at the usual time when I'll be joined by Jonathan Kidd and the aforementioned Dean Mears uh, to look back at the match against Brighton and Hove Albion on Saturday. And of course, look ahead to the Champions League match against Lille. We are playing Lille next week, aren't we? Please tell me we are. Away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is, isn't it? It's next week. So there you go. So we'll be talking about that. Uh, in the meantime, don't forget to tune into the Chelsea Fancast on Love Sport Radio between 7 o'clock and 8 o'clock this Friday. Clayton, Dan Silver and myself are in the hot seat this Friday to discuss all things Chelsea. And of course, we will be reviewing the match against Grimsby Town on Wednesday. And in particular, in particular, uh, plus a review, a preview of the match against Brighton. Uh, phone in. If you, well, it's an hour show, so you know you don't get much chance to talk. But anyway, you're welcome to phone in and join in the show and debate with us live the number to call or 
leave a WhatsApp message to is 0208 70 20 558. Uh, and of course, Love Sport is now a national radio station. It's not just London, it's all over the nation. And it's broadcast on DAB uh, Digital Radio along with numerous digital channels. And you can listen to Love Sport through Radio Player, TuneIn, or lovesportradio.com. And of course, the show is available as a podcast as soon as I get my way home two hours later. Uh, and uh, we put it up on ChelseaFanCast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud, and Spotify, as well as other lesser-known podcast distributors. Right. You can follow the show on Twitter, at ChelseaFanCast, me at Stanford Cheers, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Marco at Gate17Marco. And, of course, check out the website for uh, ChelseaFanCast.com, where you will find lovely articles from these bloggers who include... Nick Stroudley uh, at Clitheroe Blue, at Dean Mears, at CFCGWLB. And, of course, the rest of the fancast regulars are at Goalie59, at GrocerJackUK. That's Clayton and Tony, uh, at DanSilves73, at Joe Tweedy, at CFCGWLB, at Liam underscore Toomey, and at OJ Harbord. One more thing before we go. I would, I'm, I'd really want to say very quickly, it was great to meet Rami and Kamir, uh, all the London is Blue boys in the Cock Pub uh, on uh, Sunday. And uh, the absolutely lovely Diane Jupe, who uh, is the uh, madame, who uh, maybe that's the wrong way of putting it. I apologise, Diane. She's the lovely lady who looks after the uh, Blue Bloods uh, Facebook group. And she allows me to post all my nonsense on there. And I got to see her. Uh, for I think I have met her before. But anyway, it's been a long time. I gave her a big cuddle. It was lovely to see her and her mate, who is LMC on, on Twitter, uh, and uh, loads of other people. It was just a really, really good day out for, for meeting and seeing people. If I've forgotten anybody that I've, I saw yesterday, I apologise, but I have a very small brain, as you all know. But great to see you uh, and lovely to do that. I love seeing people on, on, a, on a match day in the old pub. So there you go. Right, uh, I particularly enjoy seeing these two and I had the pleasure of seeing both of them yesterday. Mark, I always lovely to see you at the store, mate, and to have you on the show. Thank you for, thank you for a marathon stint tonight. Well done. Enjoyed it. Good fun. Yeah, good man. See you very soon, I hope. JK, I won't see you on Friday, but I will see you. I will speak to you. Uh, I'll see you on Saturday. I'll see you on Saturday. You will. You will. Yeah, you, unless you, I have to you, leap are you off. there on Wednesday, did you say? You know. No, I can't. I've got to work, you see. I'm, I'm in Southampton until, uh, you know, late on Wednesdays, which means I can't get up in time for Wednesday matches, which well, is a real bore. I'm, I'm with Alex, so why don't we do a little... Uh, uh, do it. A bit of... Uh, what? What's that? Do it. Yeah, yeah. So you preempted me. Yeah, I've got to do a little video. You just do it instantly. Do it, do yeah. it, do it, and yeah. I will retweet it. We'll yeah, it. yeah, great stuff. Right. Lovely. Great, great, great show, man. Wow, I need to go and have a massive lie down off this. Uh, amazing people in Mixler who are still there and have, uh, you know, uh, just stuck with us for the well ridiculous done, amount of time. Brilliant. Well done. I know. Brilliant. Fantastic. They're, they're legends, aren't they? They're brilliant. Right, enough. We've got to go home. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. Up the chills! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.